Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong, with my co-host... Josh Lee Kwai, how's it? Alright, hey, how are you doing? I'm Josh? good, I'm, I'm pretty good, how about yourself? I'm pretty good. Uh, we noticed uh, that we have our like lingos now, and how's it, you said, was a Hawaiian thing. Yes, it's um, in Hawaii they speak pidgin English. Uh-huh. I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, uh, and then white on my mom's side. Um, and I lived in Hawaii for... Uh, oh. Most of last year. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, so I, I picked up How's It a long time ago. My dad says it, but, yeah. yeah. Are there any other uh, key phrases? Yeah, um, there's a lot, but uh, Dakain is a big one. Dakain? Dakain like sort of means, like, it's sort of like yada, 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 almost. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's like, well, secret languages and EDH aside. Uh, we have a great episode today. Our Top 10 Artifacts episode went down so well. You guys all had awesome contributions to the comments and stuff, and it made us rethink our list like a billion times. Oh, yeah. I'm so disappointed with um, some of my choices or yeah. where I ranked them or whatever. Like, everybody had, like, every time I read somebody's comment, I'm like, that's a really good point. I should have that number one on my list. Yeah, and that's then an I re- amazing artifact. Yeah, and then I read the next one. I'm like, never mind. That one should be number one. <laughs> so, yep, good arguments all. Um, response was so great that we're kind of going to do a similar thing this week. Yeah, we're going to go through the top ten red cards. Um, and w- red. red. So which one of the two of us do you think chose the color that we're going to read? Super stoked to Jimmy over here. <laughs> Jimmy uh, the Red. Jimmy the Red. You're wearing the red shirt, though, of us, too, so... They can't see that. It's That's true. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> <They can't. laughs> um, but uh, also, we had our first giveaway last week, and it went incredibly well. Uh, so many of you guys commented on the Reddit post that we made asking for topics, and um, we gave away some awesome stuff. So we gave away some booster packs of M15, Journey into Nyx, and a... Uh, a, a sweet, like, Funko Pop Magic doll <laughs> blobble head thing of <laughs> Garrick Wild. I don't know how to uh, describe it. Yeah, it's it's a, uh, I don't know, chibi is the Japanese term for, like, cute, small versions of things that are supposed to be bigger. It's a chibi. It's a chibi. It's a chibi. I learned something just now. Yeah, so congrats to the winners. And, of course, we're going to be doing more giveaways. We've got even more stuff. Uh, yeah. So just make sure you follow us on Twitter at CommandCast. And our personal Twitters, Josh Lee Kwai and JF mm-hmm. Wong. And, I uh, think actually, yeah, at the end of this episode, we'll probably announce the uh, what the next contest is. So listen all the way through or, you know, just skip to the end right now. 
And uh, <laughs> I know skip. some of you are going to do that. Yeah, right. They're Don't like, do it. We're going to say smart stuff about red cards. But yeah, I'm just it's going to be great. Yeah. It, we're going to up your game today by telling you about some red cards that I hope you haven't heard about. Because everyone knows about artifacts, but not everyone delves deeply into red. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm not a big red player. You are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I know some red cards, and I do play red in some of my decks, but I haven't played red a ton. Yeah. So actually by researching this topic, I really learned about some new cards. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And, oh, something we didn't cover, though, that I did want to talk about. Yeah. And you're too modest to bring it up. But VGHS. Oh, yeah. VGHS Season 3. It's coming out. It's coming out October 13th. Which is a six days from now. Six days from now. I don't know if I'm breaking some sort of NDA right now because I have seen it because I did the trailer That's for right. it. And uh, it's it's crazy amazing. Like, it's not only, like, the biggest web series uh, ever. ever. Yeah. It's also like really comparable to some really big tv shows as far as the size and the scope of it if yeah. you guys haven't checked out video game high school go look for it on youtube find it on rocketjump.com um you've or got about netflix too if you have netflix netflix mm -hmm. uh you've got about six days you can catch up on season one and two yeah in, season... in that amount of time you really can because season one plays about what two and a half hours or so no no season one's 90 minutes season one's not even two yeah. hours and then and season then two is three what? hours to three and a half so Really, it's really easy to catch up. Yeah, and totally. Trust me, you're going to watch it like half of the first episode. You'll be totally hooked. Yeah, exactly. And it's the, the nice thing is season one is meant to be uh, sort of watched as a movie mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And season two is when we break it into episodic structure. So you can watch it in 30-minute chunks. And season three follows season two's pattern, uh, except all the episodes are even longer. The, season three is is crazy. Like, yeah, the, there is a lot. The of amount of stuff. effects. I mean, some of those car crashes and the. Yeah, we. I don't uh, know if I'm allowed to talk about any of it. I mean, we saw a couple because uh, Freddie and Matt went on Conan and. Uh, oh right, they were yeah. Mm -hmm. So our friend uh, Eric Linden, who runs Action Factory, did two car flips for the show, and they are some of the most intense stunts. I I like got to see it in person, and I, oh my gosh, I saw the raw footage. I I was like, did the guy in the car like is he okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, stuntmen really yeah. put themselves through. Those guys some, are real men. Yeah, real. They're real, yeah. and they just, I am such a wuss. Stuntwoman and stuntmen. Uh, oh. It's a. I mean, there needs to be stunt doubles for so. True, many, I true. mean, oftentimes uh, I'm such a wuss compared to the stunt women and the stuntmen. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like, if you look more into stunts and study more about it, it's fascinating because, like, you know, Disney shows when kids have to do stunts, they yeah. usually bring in women that mm -hmm. are about the same size because usually full-grown stuntmen are too tall, and and there are some shorter stuntmen as well, but usually they'll use like. Like, uh, one of the stunt women on VGHS doubled for a kid on Nickelodeon, which was like, or I think it was on the Disney channel, but it's, it's really cool. It's so, like, so tell the truth. Was it a man or woman doubling as you? It was a man. <laughs> it was a man. His name is Mark. He's an awesome dude. Thanks, Mark. What, what was with the pause before you answered that question? Uh, because it was, uh, well, kidding. you know what it is? It's because I wish I was doing my own stunts. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, your face, it's too valuable. What if I, something yeah, happened no, oh, to it? What if something happened? Then yeah. I'll look more badass. Yeah. Like, I'll have a cool scar down, like, the left side of my face. You'll you only know, be so. able to get cast as Bond villains after that. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, yeah, yeah, don't I, do... I mean, maybe that could be awesome, actually, be yeah. a Bond villain. Maybe that's, like, a level-up moment in acting when they're like, no, you can't do your own stunts. Your face is too valuable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta, 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 gotta get my value out of my face. You should um, insure it through, uh, <laughs> what is everything insured through? Uh, yeah. I don't know, Geico, save some money. <laughs> that was not an endorsement for Geico. Geico, they do not, not... Geico does not give us any uh, sort no. of last sponsorship. We, so. Last we checked, they don't care about Magic the Gathering. Okay, so anyway, go find VGHS, Video Game yep. High School. Um, check out the, the trailer I did for season three. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that'll make you want to watch it, I hope. Yeah, and it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's, it's also super serious, and it, it touches on a lot of, 
pretty deep issues while keeping it funny and full of action and like a lot of gunplay, sweet tra- chase scenes, awesome and car, car, yeah, yeah. Car but there's really good characters and really good acting in the story. The narrative is really good. I mean, well, thank you. Yeah, check it out. You guys will be impressed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on, guys, to top the top ten, 10 cards. cards. Yeah, red cards, and we're gonna use the similar criteria on uh, criteria that we did last week. Um, so we're sort of rating cards. Uh, they should be under thirty dollars, um, just because we don't want this to be too cost prohibitive. And usually, if the card is over thirty dollars, then it is for a reason. Then it's it would... crazy to talk about two hundred dollar cards. There's yeah. cards like Imperial Recruiter. Yeah, uh, right. There's just not two hundred dollars. There's there's some other cards. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense because most people don't have access to that, and they're yeah. not going to. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, like myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so join the club. Um, so yeah, well, and we're going to evaluate cards on like mana cost, how useful it is. Just because we're talking about the top ten red cards doesn't mean that it's just for mono red decks. Yeah, it'll be how useful the cards are in a vari- in combination with other colors because yeah. you know obviously red gets played with other colors. So and we're yeah. also not going to be talking about cards as generals specifically. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be c- the red cards that go within the library of your deck. This won't be about cards that can be played as commanders. Correct. I mean, we might mention a card that can be played as a commander, but we'd be referencing it as if it was in your deck and not as your commander. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit if it is a good commander, too. But in general, we're talking just all-around useful cards and the top 10 red cards. So, I mean, did I go first last time or did you go first last time? I think we sort of switched halfway through, so... Okay, all right. Well, I'll uh, I'll go first because this is also the uh, commander that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, it's Kiki Jiki. This is your number 10. It's my number 10. It's Kiki, really my number one, Jiki, but you are my number one. <laughs> you my number one. <laughs> I'll read Kiki Jiki because uh, we're going to read him again later. Not so good. He's five total mana cost for two and three red. Uh, he's a two-two legendary creature, Goblin Shaman. Uh, he has haste, and he has uh, tap. Put a token that's a copy of target non-legendary creature you control onto the battlefield. That token has haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So you basically copy one of your dudes, and it you can use it that turn. Yeah, you can use it on anyone else's turn because it's an instant speed ability. Right. Um, so you can cast Kikijiki and use it immediately because he has haste or wait, you know, and you can use it to, uh, in general, you're going to want to use this to abuse enter the battlefield effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also, you know, uh, create a blocker, Yep. a chump blocker. Um, it, there's a variety of uses for it. Um, the important thing to note is Kiki can only copy your own stuff yeah. and not somebody else's. But and, you're and not legendary either. Correct, non-legendary. Right. He's crazy broken. Yeah. There's a lot of infinite combos with Kiki. Yep. Um, he's kind of become one of the poster childs, I think, for for infinite combos in general. Yeah, I mean, his he's a mirror breaker. That should yeah. give you an idea that he can go infinite. You yeah. Know, it's in his name. Um, it's also important to know that the token has haste, so you can use it to swing with, but mm-hmm. more importantly, a lot of creatures have abilities that have to tap. So... You can find ways to untap Kikijiki with another creature and create another token. And yeah, the classic one is Pestermite. So yeah. if you get if you have Kikijiki out and uh, or if you have Pestermite out and mm-hmm. you copy the Pestermite with Kikijiki, the Pestermite comes into play, the copy of it, and it untaps yeah. Kikijiki, and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And you can make uh, seventeen million Pestermites, uh, and then you can just swing at everybody with them and kill them because so, they all have haste. Yeah. yeah, that's a two card infinite combo that's pretty powerful, pretty prevalent. Uh, yeah, the other it, one is Zealous Conscripts, which is in red, which essentially does the same thing. Yeah, it, it there's a, actually a few cards that do similar things. Any creature that comes out of the battlefield and untaps something can go infinite with Kikijiki. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, depending if you can pay the cost or whatever. But in general, I think this is one of the top. 10 red cards by far it's like the yeah. i think it's the most powerful creature 
Um, even though I have another creature above this, Kikijiki, I think his power level is super high. The only reason he's I sort of the flagship red creature too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason I have him at ten instead of lower down is because he definitely requires you to be running a lot of red mana sources because yeah. he has three red in his. Uh, yeah, he is tough. I have him higher than this just because I think uh, the fact that he can go infinite with so, such a wide array of other cards. Yeah, um, is like he's a win the game card. Yeah, definitely. And he himself has haste. Which makes it really, really hard to sort of combat him because mm-hmm. you have to be ready the moment he lands with something, and it's really hard. I mean, you can even respond by tapping him, untapping him, tapping him, untapping him, tapping him. Sometimes you, so like, you know, he's a two-two, but a lightning bolt won't solve your your problems a lot of time. If Pestermite's already in play, yeah, and you play him, and then you go, oh, and somebody goes, okay, I'll lightning bolt him. You go, okay, it's... I'll tap and make a copy of the Pestermite. Then yeah. I'll untap him. Then I'll tap him and make a copy of the Pestermite. And, and this like, all yep, goes made... on the stack above the yeah, I got above the lightning bolt, and there's yeah. like I made 17 million Pestermites. Yep, now your lightning bolt resolves. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, big. What are you gonna up. do about the 17 million Pestermites? I hope you have a Rakdos charm. Yep, I love that Rakdos charm is this universal <laughs> like stopgap for so many. I, I we should talk about that card more often because it really does shut down so many decks, which is great. Um, but yeah, Kikijiki's up there. The other option for Kikijiki is Splinter Twin, which is an enchantment that you just put on the creature, and it, you can use that to create a copy of itself. Right. So it's um, sort of similar to similar. Kikijiki. Yeah. It's funny on my list, I had Kikijiki Splash or slash splinter twin oh really together also because they ah, just that's feel, amazing yeah they feel like the same effect yeah. even though they're not yeah because kiki makes a copy of another creature and splinter any twin, creature you choose yeah yeah any creature you control that's not legendary splinter twin makes a copy only of itself mm-hmm. but again you could put the splinter twin on the pestermite and do the same thing yeah splinter twin also works with something like midnight guard oh, where right midnight guard untaps every time a creature comes into play so you tap the midnight guard make another copy of the midnight guard and that untaps the original midnight guard yeah. and then you tap it again and so there's there's a multitude of creatures that go infinite with us uh, yeah. twin also so yeah, yeah. good Those cards are, all around yeah they're classic combo pieces okay so my number 10 was a really annoying card called blood moon yeah actually yeah. i don't know why i made that sound i love blood moon yeah you, I, you should love it i should hate it and yeah. here i am listening it above you <laughs> anyway blood moon is two in a red for an enchantment and it just says all non-basic lands are mountains notice it doesn't say in addition to other other types yep no it changes them into mountains and that's it well josh there's a blood moon rising over the earth right, or the the plains right now I'll be a blood moon. What? <laughs> no i'm singing a lot this episode i don't think that's probably good for our listenership so two in a red enchantment non-basic lands are mountains Here's what this does. It totally screws over anybody who's got any kind of dual lands. <laughs> the original dual lands, especially, which is yeah, great. Yeah, and we know that I like to play like as many colors as possible. Yeah. And I have plenty of decks that don't actually have a single basic land in them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that means you Blood tr- Moon lands, yeah. Yeah, Blood Moon lands, and it just absolutely destroys the deck. And the thing is, the real one of the really big problems with Blood Moon, if you're playing against it, is it turns all your stuff into mountains. So... Red doesn't have any enchantment removal cards. Yep. So even if you are playing red, you still can't get rid of the Blood Moon with the red that you can use because red doesn't do that. Yeah. So you'd have to have an artifact that could get rid of an enchantment. There are those do exist, but they're pretty rare, and it's you're probably not running them in your deck. So Blood Moon is a super powerful card. Yeah. There's a lot of EDH decks that don't run very many basic lands at all. It it can just be like your deck is done. Yeah. It it. Oftentimes, when I resolve Blood Moon, you see a look of dismay, disappointment, and resignation. On yeah, like faces. they literally know they can't win. Yeah, it's like I don't think I can draw anything to respond to this. 
I didn't counter it, so it's there, and it's shutting down every one of my lands. Yeah, you can see their brains start to, like, they start yeah. to look up and to the right, and they're literally, like, <laughs> thinking of every card in their deck. And they're going through every card in their deck going, that doesn't do anything, that doesn't yeah. do anything, that doesn't do anything, that doesn't do anything. And if they're lucky, they might have a card. Yeah, like a Nevermore's disc or something. Yeah, but even then, like, you turn all their stuff to mountains. They can't go find it. They just have to top deck it out of 80 cards that are yeah. left in their deck. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, so Blood Moon's just a tiny bit conditional, meaning that you can't get hosed by it either. So don't play this in a deck when you only have non-basics or whatever. You know? Yeah, but you get to choose when to play it. So what yeah, you can exactly. do is just get a head on board and put it down and just be like, down. yep. Let's just lock everything down, and you can't do anything from here out, and it, it hurts me a little, but so what? Yeah. I'm ahead. Or if you're playing uh, you know, Mono Red, then you just play it on turn three and go to town. If it if you're playing Mono Red and you don't have this in your deck, you're crazy. Yeah. Because oh. all you have is mountains. Yeah, exactly. All, all right. right. My number nine is a little card called Insurrection. Oh, yeah. Which is a big, fat card. It's five and three red, and you just essentially gain control of all creatures until end of turn, and they can, uh, they can swing in, be hasty, do whatever they want. But you give them back at the end of the turn. But you you can essentially... Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Unless you have a sack outlet, which is my favorite combo. Because um, you just sack everything to your sack outlet. And you're then, like, I take everything. I swing and kill you and you. And, oh, you're still alive? Well, I'll sack the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. You're going to lose some... I mean, before they even... You know, you're going to lose some of the cards. Because <laughs> you'll kill someone and they'll get their creatures back or whatever. Right. But, yeah, this is like... I'd say like 50% of the time when you resolve Insurrection, you win the game. Yeah, it's it's a huge, big finisher. Yeah. It's a big game winner. It's one of those cards that you can be way behind in the game. Oh, yeah. And you can just suddenly win with it. Like, if the token deck just put out, like, 100 tokens, and they're just, you know, they, for whatever reason, they don't have haste. Yep. And you play Insurrection and kill them and everyone else, that can happen a lot. Um, is it, Yeah, it's an awesome card. It's I have an a awesome little, card, Once yeah. again, I have it a little bit higher on the list. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We do it's have... expensive, and there are downsides. Um, if they have yeah. a sack outlet... They can sack all their own creatures so you don't get them. Yeah. And, you know, but sometimes that's, like, fine. So worst case scenario is I wipe their board. I mean, that can be okay, too. Yeah, and it's a conditional wipe. If you have a sack outlet, you steal all their stuff. You wipe it for more mana. If you have, like, a Phyrexian or Rational Altar, you get to play more stuff out of your hand. They get nothing back. Like, you yeah. just... No, I meant if they had a sack outlet. Oh, right, right. So Even they then, sack in response. Yeah, they sack their stuff in <clears throat> right. response. Even then, it's like, well, so my my downside for this card is there all their stuff dies, and I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm yeah, okay exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a really good card. Um, my number nine is Anger. Oh, Anger. Anger is a creature. None of its texts matter except for that when it's in your graveyard, all of your creatures have a haste. And you control a mountain. Oh, you have to control a mountain. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But you're that's probably true. not casting it unless you have a mountain. Yeah. You're playing red, yeah. And it doesn't have to be a basic <clears throat> mountain. That's right. It could be a volcanic island or a badlands or one of the shocklands that says that it's mountain type or yep, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so... Super powerful. Haste is really important, but you don't usually want to waste a whole card playing a card that just says, give your creatures haste. Right. Enchantment. You Especially know? if it can get removed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's way harder if it's in your graveyard. I mean, they, people do play graveyard hate, but it's way more rare than like destroy target enchantment yeah. or destroy target artifact or the yeah. other stuff that would give your creatures haste. So a lot of times people forget about it too. If you have like survival of the fittest or something that lets you go search it out and put it in your graveyard and search for another creature, like people will just... Like, they'll see you do it, and then two turns later, they forget it's in there. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's also, like, they have other things to worry about, to be honest. You know, Anger is not at the top of their list by any means. Yeah. So, so. it's a really powerful card. It enables a lot of crazy stuff with uh, tokens. Mm -hmm. And uh, It's very emblematic of red, too. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I thought I had to have a card that gave haste somewhere on yeah, my list. Yeah, Because that's one of the things that red is, like, known for and one of the things they do, so... 
and it's actually part of a cycle. So like the blues version is wonder, yeah, uh, and it just gives everyone flying, which is blues thing. I do have a haste ability in my top ten. I didn't say you didn't. I know. Okay. I was just thinking. I was thinking about. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> did I include haste? And I was like, You're like, I'm Jimmy the Red. How could I not do that? I know, right? And I was like, oh, insurrection. Oh, Kiki Jiki. <laughs> They're all hasty. Um, so my number eight is a uh, little fun guy called Goblin Sharpshooter. Oh, yeah, this guy's cool. Um, yeah, he's a goblin for two and a red. He's just a 1-1, one, one, and he doesn't untap during your untap step. So you're probably like, what the heck is a three for a one? What is good about this card? Uh, whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, untap Goblin Sharpshooter, mm -hmm. and you can tap him to deal one damage to target creature or player. Mm -hmm. So There's he... some crazy shenanigans with this thing. Exactly. And the thing is, like, there are a lot of mana dorks and a lot of, like, small 1-1 one, one guys out in the battlefield or 2-1 or whatever, like, that That Goblin Sharpshooter just gets rid of. And he can machine gun them down, too. So if you play him out and there's, like, three of those, yep. you tap him, kill one, that kill that something goes to the graveyard, he untaps, he you untaps. kill the next one. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's got so much value for three mana. Like, it's three mana, like, kill everything that has one toughness on the board. Yeah. Uh, but as, where as you, you really can. get into craziness is when you have a sack outlet of your own. Yeah, exactly. And you're making goblins or whatever, so you Cobalt. can... Cobalt. yeah. In Prosh, he's really, really strong because... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Prosh will come in with, like, uh, let's say 12 Cobalts, and then what you do is you tap him to do one damage to something, you sack one of the Cobalts to Prosh, Prosh gets bigger, that untaps the Sharpshooter, you tap it again, mm -hmm. do one damage to something, sack another Cobalt, and you just do those sacks one at a time, you yep. stack it all, and the Sharpshooter can just ping the world for like 12 damage, Yeah, maybe more, depending on how many uh, tokens and sack outlets you got. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen uh, entire tables mowed down by Sharpshooter before, where the, yeah. the thing just does like 80 damage. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't even need to do just one. Mm -hmm. You know, if the guy has three toughness, then it's just like, cool, I just have to have three things die or mm -hmm. whatever, and I can kill that or but this. It's it's ways, too, because uh, Kiki Jiki Pestermite, like that combo is awesome, but if they've got like a crawl space out and you can only attack with two creatures, mm -hmm. it doesn't actually kill everybody. But nope, now if you have a Sharpshooter and a Sack Outlet, 17 million pestermites does kill everybody because yeah. you don't have to attack you just ping everybody for one 17 million times yeah exactly yeah that's a that's a really good card it's really underrated when you first look at it you're like eh yeah right it's just like a, a guy that doesn't untap and he just yeah. pings for one damage it doesn't seem like you get much utility out of him but oh boy do you clean up you know what I'm gonna rename this guy Scarface. Scarface. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he he is just exactly machine guns that. guys down. I want to Photoshop him onto Al Pacino, like gun, <laughs> just a little goblin sharpshooter. Scarface is a good card. Yeah. All right, my number eight is Goblin Bombardment. Oh my gosh, it's like the mirror image of this guy essentially. It's 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 very interesting. It's an enchantment. You sacrifice a creature and do one damage to target creature or player. Yeah. So actually, if you have Goblin Sharpshooter and Goblin Bombardment out, then you've got that combo I was talking about, except yeah. you're doing two damage. Mm -hmm. It's really strong. Uh, as usual, I'm advocating just having a sack outlet is, is a high value. Yeah. So oh, yeah. The, the Goblin Bombardment, even if you're not using the sack part for crazy token shenanigans or anything like that, it's still really powerful to have something out that just stops other people from using insurrection on you or stops them from using threaten effects on yeah. you or control magic stuff on you or the stuff that tucks your, um, you know, if you've got your commander out and they play something that's going to put it on the bottom of your library, you can sack it and just put it in the command zone. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens where you want a sack outlet and Goblin Barbarment's a really good one because it still does damage. Mm -hmm. And then it, once again, if somebody has something that prevents you from attacking them, but you get your Kiki Jiki infinite combo out. You can sack them all to to Goblin Bombardment and do damage yeah. that way. Yeah, he, it's just it's great. Always being able, it's like you get the control of the board as opposed to someone else. And it, a sack outlet does exactly that. It gives you control as to what happens to your creatures if someone else wants to go after them. 
Yeah, I mean, we, I've harped on this before, but if, you, if you're not playing with any sack outlets in your deck, I guarantee your deck will be better by adding one or two of them. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. Um, it's a great card. Um, great. Uh, so the card I have at number seven is one that I actually stumbled upon recently, and it's called Burning Wish. Wait, there was a red card that you didn't already know about? Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, this has actually been shooting up in price. It's still under the $30 limit, but it it wasn't at the current price it is right now, like a week ago. I think it's because it's seeing, I guess, Legacy, Stand Modern? I have no idea. It ha- it's seeing play in a format. Mm. Um, so pick them up now. We yeah. don't usually give financial advice. Yeah, right. and, and actually, we're still not. So don't blame us for anything. Yeah, exactly. Pick them up now, but don't pick it up. But you should do it, but don't. Uh, if you feel like it's the right move, then for you, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. How's that for commitment? Yeah. that <laughs> Command zone. We should call it the commitment zone. Um, so Burning Wish is one in a red. It's a sorcery. Uh, and it's you may choose a sorcery card you own from outside the game. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. Remove Burning Wish from the game. So this is one of those wonky cards, like Eldrazi Conscription, that lets you search for stuff outside of the game and bring it into your yeah. current game. Usually this means, in competitive play, it means your sideboard. Yeah. In a kitchen table format, I mean, you'll have to sort of... Discuss. Discuss it among your friends, but, you know, you can probably bring, like, if you're playing at somebody else's house, you can probably bring, like, 15, 20 cards right. that you could choose from. It's it's actually really strong in red specifically because red doesn't have tutor effects. Yeah, it's definitely a tutor. Yeah, so your versatility is really hampered by that. So this allows you to have versatility so that you can have sort of a wide variety of cards that, you know, I may need this in this situation and this in this situation, and yeah. this card can sort of double for all of those. Oftentimes, I think what I would search out would be like an X red burn spell, uh-huh. um, just because they, they're not necessarily the best to main deck, depending right. on what you're playing against. Because you never know when you're going to have that amount of mana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sure I can think of other great stuff, but like maybe even Insurrection is a card that you would bring in because it's not necessarily going to be the best card to draw. You know, turn two. Yeah, true. In any game. True. You know, you'd much rather have Burning Wish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's got a lot of flexibility. Um, these cards always freak me out because I'm like, from outside the game, like you can go do something else. I'm gonna run to my local gaming store <laughs> and I'm going to buy it really quick and then I'll come back and you guys just wait here. Yeah, and and yeah. I'll wait for it to resolve until I get back so I technically own it. When it resolves, so it's legal. It's still on the stack while I drive to the... <laughs> it's just something you need to... There are cards like this, and, and you should be able to play them, and you yeah. just need to come up with whatever the rule that your playgroup uh, feels comfortable with. But I think most playgroups will feel comfortable with, like, you know... Yeah, it's if like... If you also... own it and it's there, then you can use it. But if it's going to take you more than about 30 seconds right. to find it, then probably... Yeah. Maybe that's it. You just have a time limit. It's like a shot clock. I like that. I, yeah. I've actually think thought about like doing like speed. You know how you can play speed chess? Uh-huh. Speed you do magic. speed speed magic. Yeah, where the stakes are that much higher. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Same stakes. As I like how you put on the game show uh, voice when you said that. <laughs> where the stakes are that much higher. Get ready for the time of your life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my number seven is blasphemous act. Oh. And hold on, Eli. I gotta look it up. Oh, here you go. Ah. Blasphemous Act. It is eight and a red for a sorcery, and it says Blasphemous Act deals 13 damage to each creature. Ooh. But it says also says Blasphemous Act costs one colorless less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. Whoa. Yeah, so there's a lot of red board wipes. Um, some blow away lands and creatures. Mm-hmm. Some do damage to all creatures. Uh various amounts of damage some only damage not flying creatures some blow away everything uh you know that's kind of one of the downsides of red is that their board wipes are sort of extra mean and so they don't really 
get see a lot of play in EDH because people don't want to be so mean like Jockalpocalypse, whatever that card is, however you pronounce that, um, that card is seen as like super mean and really frowned upon, even though it's really powerful. So this to me is like, it does 13 damage. It's going to kill basically everything on the battlefield every time. Once in a while, there'll be like an 1818 that it can't get rid of, but 90% of the time it's going to do it. But what I like is that often you can cast it for one red. Yeah. Cause there only has to be eight creatures on the battlefield for, for you to cast it for one red. And if there's not eight creatures on the battlefield, like how far behind are you that right, you, so you you would need it? Yeah, because I mean, unless you're playing one on one, I guess they could have you know six and you have none. But even then, it's only cost three mana. Like just yeah. do like that's an amazingly cheap board wipe. Yeah, against a token deck, you're definitely casting this for just one red and everything's dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so one of the things I've mentioned before that holds true with board wipes is the downside of a board wipe is usually you wipe the board. But it costs so much mana to do that, then your opponent actually gets the first chance to recover from it because you've wasted your whole turn wiping the board, and then they play out an 8-drop, and it comes back to your turn, and now you're a whole turn behind them. But but if if you can get a board wipe for cheap like this, then you you pay one red, and you can still cast a really big, really relevant creature, and now you're actually ahead of your opponents. I like that. Yeah, I always forget that, too, because cards like Insurrection are so, like, you know, attractive on the forefront because uh-huh. you're like, dang, that's a that's super powerful. But then you're like, eight mana. You you can you'll get there in uh, in EDH, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to play anything after. Exactly. And yeah. sometimes, yeah, it's, it's sometimes by the time you get to eight mana, it's too late. Yeah. So I I definitely approve of uh it uh when I I chose one board wipe for my top ten and blasphemous act was right up there. Cool. All right, number six. Number six. Well, let me say my number six first because sure. we've already talked about it. Ah, so yes. I had Insurrection at number six. Nice. Um, yeah. I just, especially Red, I feel like like Red needs win more cards more than anybody because Red right. sort of falls off faster. Yeah, as the, so game, the longer the game goes on, the weaker Red gets. Yeah. Um, just look at Blasphemous Act. Like, it's doing a certain amount of damage. Hey, on turn three, 13 damage is a ton. It'll kill everything. On right. turn nine, 10, 11, 13 damage, there may be stuff that's too big for 13 damage to kill. Mm-hmm. So that's just indicative of how red works within the game of magic. Yeah. Early on, it's very powerful, and then it starts to dip down. So Play Insurrection. Fast. Yeah. So Insurrection is one of those cards that, like, yep, I get to eight mana and I can finish everybody off. Yeah. So I, I just valued it a little bit higher than you, but, you know, on both our lists. So, yeah. It's a great card, either way, and it's true. It, you don't. It's like win more is usually seen. I think is the weakest quadrant because mm-hmm. if you're winning, you don't need to win more. Uh, but with red, it's like you can fall behind so fast. Like yeah. who cares about your hasty creature when that guy has fifty stuff, fifty things on the board, and they're all ready to swing? It's like your exactly. guy has haze. It's like may as well just not be on the card because I'm not using it because <laughs> I'm not can attack. Yeah, exactly. Um, my number six was Goblin Welder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the second goblin to pop up on my list, and he is a he's a fun guy. There's a lot of shenanigans with this dude, too. Yeah, he's just a one red mana for a 1-1, one, one. Um, so he'll die to the sharpshooter, but it doesn't matter because he is too good not to play. Uh, and you can tap him to exchange target artifact a player controls for target artifact in that player's graveyard. Yowza. Yowza. There's crazy stuff you can do by putting stuff in your yard, your own stuff, mm-hmm. 
and then exchanging it for you know expensive stuff for cheap stuff right that's just obvious you can also really mess with your opponents yeah if they have just like a tiny like if they're playing an artifact deck and they have these sweet mana rocks out you're like all right you get to replace your soul ring with a like a random one one mirror <laughs> yeah i mean you can do like stuff like that all the time yeah but mostly like building your deck so that you can take advantage of this oh yeah yeah and there can be like a big swing between how powerful the two artifacts are mm-hmm. so you know you can cheat all kinds of crazy stuff into play yeah and as we know cheating st- mana cost is one of the most powerful things you can do in the game of magic yeah and especially in edh when you're constantly racing for much bigger sort of stakes mm-hmm. uh, creature wise um the also nice thing is like people will be going after your artifacts at some point in the game yeah true and you can use this to replace something and then let's say you did it with a soul ring so you tap the soul ring for mana and they're like all right cool let me switch this out with a goblin welder the next turn you can get whatever you sent to the yard back oh yeah just switching them out again Mm -hmm. so it's like you get to sort of almost tutor through your own graveyard and replace one for one there's a lot of like fun value to be had there because you can still use the artifact before you send it to your yard to for whatever else yeah that's true you could tap the soul ring for mana then send it away for something actually that's crazy man you want the soul ring just keep it right (laughs) maybe once in a while unless you you need unless you need like a you know a game winner card yeah true true. graveyard you know Mm -hmm. you know or after a certain point if you have like a crucible of worlds out you're just not going to use it anymore like exchange it for something better yeah that's a good point goblin welder is going to tinker it out for you that's a good point very powerful card a lot lot of crazy stuff yeah uh my number five we've already gone over it you're stealing all my thunder dude i am stealing um, your thunder it's kiki jiki slash why do I want to see Splash? Kiki Jiki <laughs> slash Splinter Twin. Splashing Splinter Twin. We already talked about him. Super powerful. I just think Kiki Jiki has so many. He's another one of those cards where you'll just accidentally find infinite combos with him. You right, won't even yeah. you won't even have it planned. You won't even, you know, you'll be like, man, I hope I get Pestermite, and you'll get something else and you'll play it out and you'll be like, wait a minute, I'm gonna about to go infinite here. Yeah. And even if you don't go infinite, it's usually just like, wait, because of this and that, I now have 80 mana yeah yeah <laughs> it's not infinite but it still kills everybody yeah it's good enough and yeah. that's that's kind of how i built my kikijiki deck is to go infinite when it absolutely needs to because it's it's red you need a win condition mm-hmm. or otherwise just have fun with mana shenanigans so definitely some fun times with kik jeeks um my number five uh it looks like i'm gonna be stealing your thunder again you're stealing my thunder left and right i know uh, in <laughs> fact i think i'm gonna steal your th- we're both gonna steal each other's thunder at some point but i've stolen <laughs> more thunder i am Karen. i have no thunder left i am the god of storms <laughs> uh my number five is chaos warp um which is a card that red shouldn't have but does if that makes sense yeah it definitely is outside of the color pie for red so mm-hmm. you know it's an older card, and you know it's an awesome card. And it's a powerful card, indeed. Uh, it's two and a red for an instant, and essentially says, well, it does say, not even essentially, it says, the owner of target permanent shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of his or her library. If it's a permanent card, he or she puts it onto the battlefield. So it's red's tuck effect. It yeah. has a slight downside in that. Like most red stuff does. For Yeah, they get to put something else out, um, you know. Potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a lot better against decks with a lot of instants and sorceries. Right. Um, but still, it's unlikely that they're going to get the thing that you tucked, and you're almost always going to tuck their general. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're not, but a lot of times you are. Um, it's just Wait, power- do instants and sorceries count as permanence? No. Oh, that's right. It's better yeah. against those decks. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Absolutely. So, like, against a hell of a deck or something like that, it's going to be very or powerful. Because, yeah. yeah, because um, they're percentage of stuff that is a permanent is a lot lower um, yeah. because they have instants and sorceries but it's still going to be good against almost every commander deck be- just yeah. because of tucking their commander into their library mm-hmm. is so powerful there's so many decks that that just completely turns them off and not to mention it's just permanent 
it's not non-land permanent. You could, mm-hmm. you know, you could tuck their uh, Ga- Gaius Credo. Yeah, their Planeswalker. Yeah, exactly. So, th- I mean, it has a lot of uses. The downside, I think, is marginal, but that that's the most flavorful part about it is that it's red. You know, it's chaotic. You don't know what you're going to get on the other side, but... There's sometimes, too, where you can use it on yourself. Right. Um, you, if it's just a desperate situation and you've got a creature that's just absolutely not, and you're like, I need... To save this. I need either... Like, let's say they've got a flyer, you're about to die, and you're like, I need a flyer. I don't have one in my hand. I'm just going to roll the dice. I yeah. mean, it's just... It's not always going to work, obviously, but there's there's instances where using it on yourself... Yeah, well, the nice out. thing is that uh, um, I would use this on something like a valuable goblin, because mm-hmm. there are so many goblin tutors... You know, right, so if your deck right. is running those, then you could like, all right, got to ship this guy back, but I'll get him back. You mm-hmm. know, like if if Kiki Jiki, for instance, was going to get killed, and the next time you cast him was going to be like thirteen mana, I'll just be like, you know what? I have this card here. I can duplicate it next turn. I'm going to send Kiki into my deck, and hopefully, you know, I I don't know. I think that's really fun and flavorful, at least for red. Yeah, and it's well, it's just de- decisions you can make when those opportunities arise. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. so it, it creates a lot of decision points, but it's just an effect that red has trouble doing with any other card so yeah it, it's something you want my number four haha stealing your thunder kind of we have the same number four i <laughs> know this is really strange how similar our lists are yeah well both of our number fours haha i still am stealing your thunder, you are, is you are. Uh, gamble you are the god of storms gamble is a tutor effect it costs one red you can go find any card in your library and you can put it into your hand but there's a downside <laughs> And the downside is after you do this, you have to discard a card at random. So you could discard the, the card that you found. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in Red's way, but it's still an awesome tutor. And, and if It's you, the only tutor I think Red has that is just for any card. Yeah, true. Is it? Yeah. Definitely. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Imperial Recruiter, what's that do? That's another That's it. You have to get a creature, I believe. Oh, okay. With that. Um, you don't ever want to do it when your hand is only one or two cards. Um, well, two cards you could do it if you really are desperate, but yeah. you generally want to do it when your hand's got like five or so cards, and then you got a really Hopefully good chance some of keeping. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's super powerful. Again, yeah, like you said, it's just an effect red can't duplicate any other way. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's not a tutor. It's not like a goblin tutor. It's just straight up gamble. Mm-hmm. And you always want you only want to use this when you're gambling in your favor. Uh, in general, in life too, don't gamble unless it's in your favor. <laughs> That is um, advice I rarely follow, <laughs> unfortunately. I know, right? We all we all collect pieces of cardboard. I think we're taking the greatest gamble of our own. Um, How many uh, packs of cons did you open? That's called gambling. That is called gambling. Don't gamble, kids. Don't gamble. Don't do it. Um, don't do it. Yeah. And you also can't write it off either as, as uh, an expense for game. I don't know. I don't even know how that works for taxes. But you can't. Could you imagine? You can you only write, write off uh, gambling losses against income made from gambling. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. Don't do that either. Don't do that either. Yeah. So gamble great card um old card and definitely a powerful one yeah and it only costs one mana it puts it directly in your hands like Mm -hmm. it's just really hard to beat yeah you have to roll the dice a little bit but the upside is totally there yeah if yeah it belongs in every red deck for sure yeah all right so uh my number three is my board wipe on the list and it's a fatty it's decree of annihilation uh just got reprinted in from the vault annihilation so it's aptly named Decree of Annihilation. It was originally in, I If think, you make From the Vault Annihilation, you can't not put Decree of Annihilation <laughs> I in know, there. right? So good job, Gavin. Yeah. Because, you know, you didn't break that rule. You didn't break the rule. Uh, this is sort of the ultimate um, red board wipe, and that's the reason I put it on here, because it's it's eight and two red, so it's ten. Cost prohibitive. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. Uh, but it says, exile all artifacts, creatures, and lands from the battlefield, all cards from all graveyards, and all cards from all hands. 
And you thought, thought Jockopocalypse was bad. Yeah, this is the worst. This is Exile everything. Everything, except for Planeswalkers. Oh, yeah. Whoa, I didn't even notice you didn't right? say that. Yeah. Well, it's an older card, so it didn't have the text on there. It should have just said permanent, to be honest. They probably um, didn't have the word permanent yet. Right. Uh, That's and, um actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is a little bit. you could play around deal. it a little bit, and then they have no lands in hand, so. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Uh, it it also the reason I really like it is because you can also cycle it for five and two red, which mm-hmm. means discard this card and draw a card. And when you cycle and decree an- annihilation, destroy all lands. Oh, so it kind of does. You can just Armageddon with it. Yeah, you can just Armageddon for seven, um, which I think is pretty powerful. Yeah, mean, mean card. It's a mean card. Um, I have to, I have, I have to um, make a confession. Yeah, it's in my Joyra deck. Oh, of course it is. Oh yeah. my gosh, because uh, you suspend. Yeah, so no, you suspend those... that with like four other things. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it doesn't say uh, do anything, anything to cards that were in, in exile because yeah. suspend. So, yeah, you're just like, nobody has hands, lands, <laughs> or anything. Oh, yeah, but by the way, these other three spells coming in. Play yeah, now. they're coming in, and they're going to hit hard. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good card to put in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very accessible. Um, to be honest, it's like, I, I probably would never play this in the deck, <laughs> but I don't doubt it, as it is one of the most powerful red cards of all time. I can see the look that D would be giving you if you played this yeah, card. Yeah, our friend yeah. Daniel would not enjoy this card. He it, would be glaring laser beams at <laughs> you. It would be one of those really dude moments. Yeah. That you fine, can, whatever, fine. man. Yeah, sure. Fine. All right, you guys just want to shuffle and play the next game? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like no because no who knows what's going to happen now we all have to just it's like we're playing a new game where it's everyone's like, top oh. decking yeah everyone's top decking everything people draw like an insurrection they're like this is the worst card to have right now the cards mean it does yeah. crazy stuff though yeah it's about as powerful as a magic card can get yeah i agree uh minus the planeswalker bit but i, I mean other than that like you're as far as just plans. like effect it has on the game like yeah. there it's hard to think of a card that does more like it yeah. just destroys everything if i ever play like a five color planeswalker deck i would definitely oh, yeah. run this oh yeah just for fun all right so my number three got its thunder stolen it's chaos warp nice so yep red tuck good moving on yeah uh, my number two and our number one turns out we split them. Yeah, we flip flopped. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you, which one do you want to talk about the most? Um, your number one or my number why one? don't you read your number one and then I'll read my number one because sure. uh, they're there one and two on both. So, uh, so my number one was fork. Yeah, awesome card. Just a great card. Um, and your number one was I guess we should read. Well, let's fork read does. fork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fork. Actually, there's two. There's a functional reprint of fork too called uh, Reverberate. Oh, that's right. So Fork is an original, uh, like, back to revive. Uh, no, back to... Alpha. Alpha, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the um, original. And it's it's very simple. It basically says it's two red mana, uh, and it's an interrupt, <laughs> a.k.a. instant. Instant now, yeah. Any sorcery or instant spell just cast is doubled. Treat Fork as an exact copy of target spell, except that Fork remains red. Copy and original may have different targets. It's a super versatile, really powerful card. Yeah. Um, there's a new card from Concept IQ called Howl of the Horde, which is basically like yes. a fork and sometimes a double fork. It's a type of ability. Wild Ricochet has been out there. There's been a card called Reiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, they all cost a little bit more depending. Um, yeah, it's just an extremely powerful card because your ability to double up anything you just cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you use it to great effect in this in your, uh, your uh, Chromat Nekusar deck. Yeah, it's uh, it's a huge win condition. It's a bi- very big win condition, and in a single singleton format, it allows you to cast two copies of something, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't be able to normally do. So it can skew the format in a way that the format's not designed for. Oh, yeah, that's a really good is, way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, which is a way to sort of break a format is yeah. to find a way a loophole in the system, right? So, right. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Either cheating it out or doubling it up. Also, right. this can counter 
a spell. Yes, it's a really powerful usage. Is somebody tries to you can use it to protect your Kikijiki infinite combo. Mm-hmm. They count. They play a counter. You copy their counter and counter their counter with it. Yeah, not does to that mention, make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> copy their counter and counter their counter. But it does work. Yeah, and it's also red doesn't have counters. They have like like pyroblast specifically for blue. But I mean, this can target almost anything, which is great. Yeah, it, it's pyroblast is cool, but it just counter it just counters a blue spell. Yeah. And so conditional. Yeah, it's very conditional. Whereas Fork... So if you've got a big spell you just cast, Pyroblast does nothing for you. Mm-hmm. But Fork can double it up and cast it, two copies of it. Right. So it's it's super, super powerful. And in EDH, we play really big, flashy spells. Mm-hmm. So being able to play another spell for two mana only... So let's say you played a spell that gave you two extra turns. And for two more mana, you get two more turns? I, I agree. Yeah. I can't say no to that. There's hardly a red deck. I, I would I would say there's almost no red decks that wouldn't be better without fork in it, or yeah. or one of these other versions of fork. It's just instant value. You know, yeah. you get two for one every time you play it because you get another copy of whatever you're you know you're playing, or you get to counter something. So it's powerful. Yeah, you feel very safe when you have a fork in your hand. So and sometimes <laughs> I just love the, the literal version of that <laughs> because you can eat the, all the pasta that you want. Only when a bowl of soup comes around are you worried. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> then you wish you had a spork. A spork. <laughs> <laughs> that should that should be an unglued card. That, spork. That should be. Tell tell Maro. Maro, I'm I'm texting you. No, I wish I could text you. I'm tweeting you right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Un- time to make spork. Time to make spork. Uh, yeah, because fork and a lot of times don't forget. Like I've seen this happen before, where you play your big spell and they counter it, and then right, you don't have to counter their counter there. You can also just fork your spell. So yeah, like, you countered the first one, but not the second one. Yeah, there's multiple ways of going about it. <laughs> yeah, really awesome card. Yeah. Okay, so that was my number two, and it was your number one. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to read my number one, which is your number two. You, I'm a number one <laughs> guy. I think I was better the second time around. Yeah, that was that was little, pretty nice. I yeah, like that. maybe with a little practice, I'll get better. Um, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, dude. Let's spin it around. Yes. Here we this go. This is probably my favorite red card of all time. It's uh, amazing. So ironically, I have it ranked as number one on my list. It's. I also think, I do b- believe it is the most powerful red card of all time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, two in red. Everybody discards their hand. All players discard their hand and draw seven new cards. Nice. So it's just pure card draw if you have no mm-hmm. cards in your hand, which red doesn't have a lot of card draw. So that's one use for it is just... Boom, I've got seven new cards. Yeah. And almost always, if you're the red player, especially if you're mono red, you just have less cards than everybody because you haven't had, you know, blue's got all these ways to draw cards. Black mm-hmm. has a ton of ways to draw cards. You know, there's all these artifacts that draw you cards. Like, if you're playing red and, and red only, there's a good chance you've you got the least access. hands. Yeah. yeah and the, or the least uh, amount of cards. And also, if you have Wheel of Fortune in your hand, you can play accordingly. Yeah. So yeah. even if normally you would hold some cards back or whatever, you can just be like, whatever. Play it out. Yep. And just just because I know I have this way to reset my hand. Yeah. Also, if you know that people are stacking cards in their hands or like, oh, I know he has this. Uh, you know, I know he's going to drop this. Or like, gosh, he's playing Prosh. He probably has at least one infinite combo in his hand. It's like, it's great. You know, everyone does get to draw seven cards. So that is the downside. But I think ideally you are in a better position to recover because you move faster. Yeah. And you're choosing when to play it. Right. So maybe they just went and demonic tutored and said, okay, go. Yeah. Well, you know, they just went and got the the card they need the most in the world right now right then yeah yeah so you play wheel of fortune they got to discard it and draw seven new cards yeah you know it's like that nothing's going to be better than that card they just went and chose from every card in their deck yeah exactly because they would have taken another card instead yeah so so it's very 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 powerful um and again it's a win condition in the nekusar deck yeah you know which i love um so did you ever fork wheel of fortune just to go nuts just for fun just for fun oh, heck yeah. yeah you draw totally it and you're it. like 
Let's fork it. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do it. Well, you have to fork it before oh, it resolves. Right, right, right. So you wouldn't know. But I would do it just to go 14 cards deep just to see. <laughs> why not? That's a that's, fun thing about red. You're yep. chaotic, man. That's just the go spirit with of it. red. That's why I like red so much is, A, I enjoy playing aggro because it requires very little thinking sometimes. It's different. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I heard a really good it comparison. Does, yeah. It does require a lot of thinking. It's just different. Yeah. So in a control deck, you're making a lot of small decisions over the course of a game. Mm-hmm. And in a red aggro deck, you're making a lot of big decisions in the early game. Right. So if you make those big decisions incorrectly, then they're going to swing the game a lot more as opposed to a blue can, or the, just that control deck may be able to mess up or not do the right play in a couple of situations, and it won't cost them as much of a swing. Right, right. So, oh, very interesting. interesting. Stakes are higher. Do we want to talk about some honorable mentions? Absolutely. I think this is my favorite part. <laughs> because um, it's like all the cards you felt bad about not putting in the top 10, in, you can yeah. still talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to start with Rolling Earthquake. It's another oh, board wipe. another from the Vault Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. and it, this card used to be a ton of money, but now it's super cheap. Because it was from it was, uh, Portal 3 Kingdoms, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's great because it, it does X damage. It's X in a red and does X damage to every creature without horsemanship and each player. But what so, about all those creatures with horsemanship? <laughs> <laughs> that we thought might make a return in Constant Tarkir, right? No, yeah, definitely no, not. No. It's too powerful of an effect, I think, just to be... To have it just, basically says kill everything. Yeah, it says kill everything. It's great because it's not like a do it to every creature without without flying, which a lot of red burn, uh, universal burn spells does. So it covers a lot of ground. Well, because in Portal 3 Kingdoms, horsemanship was the equivalent of flying. They didn't have right. flying, yeah. Right. But it also does X damage to all creatures. Mm-hmm. So you can actually set the point. Yeah. So if you have big creatures... You can kill everybody else's stuff and not yours. Yep. And yeah. nothing's going to have horsemanship. <laughs> I mean, maybe a couple of cards will, but for the most In part. In general, you rarely see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah that's a pretty awesome card. I uh, see we have one that's the same here, uh, so I'm going to steal your thunder. Oh, nice. That's, that, we're just going to call this the Stealing Thunder episode. Yeah. Thunder. Rah, 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 rah. See, I'm just continuing to sing because that's my thing this episode. I like it. I think it should be a recurring trend. <laughs> Shattering Spree. That's the card. Yeah. Shattering Spree is, well, I figured we had to talk about uh, an artifact kill spell because it's one of the things that Red's uh, known for and it excels at. Uh, Shattering Spree costs one red. It does it in spades. Yes. And it destroy target artifact. And then it also has replicate for one red. And replicate means that you can pay this, uh, you can pay the cost, which is one red, and you can copy the spell for each time you paid the replicate cost. Yeah. And then you can choose new targets for the copies. So basically, it's one red to destroy one artifact. Another red to destroy another. another. Is, yeah, exactly. So if you pay five red, you can destroy five artifacts. Yeah, and that's power. Yeah, it's pinpoint mass removal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'd say it probably didn't make top ten because you need to be pretty heavy in red. So it doesn't yes, work in all the decks. Exactly. But, you know, if you have... If red's one of your main colors, like Shatter Spree. Shattering Spree is just such an auto include for EDH. even if you red is one of three colors if you have three red out and you get to just, it's a three for right, one yeah it's a three for one and a three for one is great yeah and there's always artifacts on the table there's soul rings there's gilded lotuses there's thrawn dynamos and then there's like mana crypts and then yeah. there's you know there's crazy stuff that you want to get rid of never mind like memnarchs and stuff like that right um it's just there's a lot of artifacts that are rampant in the format and this like it, it's better than something like Shatterstorm, which just destroys all artifacts because you're going to want to have some artifacts too. Yeah. Um, one of the other cards I didn't actually put on this list, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, I love this card. It's Greater Gargadon. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a suspend card. It's nine and a red, but you can suspend it for 10, which means that every upkeep you take a, um, a, time, a counter. time counter off it. 
and you only have to pay one red to suspend him. And he's a 9-7 creature beast, but that's not the important part. So normally he would come out after 10 turns. Right, and it's like 9-7 after 10 turns, no thanks. But you can fasten his suspend, but really you don't even care about that. You're really just interested in the fact that he is also a sack outlet. You can sacrifice an artifact, creature, or land to remove a time counter from Greater Gargadon. And you can only do it when Greater Gargadon is suspended, but I've, I don't think there are many cards that can sacrifice all three of those on the same card. Yeah, it's pretty great. Also, let's say you played something like, I don't know, Decree of Annihilation. Right. And then you just, before that resolves, you sack everything and bring them down to one time counter. Yeah. And then everybody's hands and everything in Plague goes into exile, and he and during your next upkeep, he pops into play. <laughs> you get a nice 9-7. And nobody has anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah, so that, um, that those kind of shenanigans you can do with the Greater Gargadon. Yeah. yeah. I just powerful. think the ability to, to sacrifice artifacts and lands as well is super powerful. Yeah. I, I mean, if you have a deck that, you know, runs um, Crucible of Worlds, mm -hmm. then you can just get a free counter off him every turn. But really, it's like, I, I remember I was playing Craig, Craig's uh, Memnarch deck, and he's all about stealing things and turning them into artifacts. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he wasted the man to turn anything into an artifact, one-on-one, -on -one, I would just sack it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it yeah, was nice. Great. Yeah. See what we mean about sack out outlets? There's so many uses for them. Even so if many. there's no other ability but just to sack something for no gain it's still very powerful yep yep Especially and never mind if have... that if you do this enough you just get a free nine seven dude yeah yeah well not free i guess it still well. costs you a card but <laughs> costs you a lot of cards <laughs> <laughs> um a card i had on the list is called stranglehold this is a very powerful card it yep. says it's three and a red it's an enchantment it says your opponents can't search libraries Oof. if an opponent would begin an extra turn that player skips that turn instead. That's powerful. Super powerful. So it's two things that aren't super related, but are just rampant in the format. Searching yeah. libraries is one of the biggest things. Every EDH deck has as many tutors as it can get its hands on. And this is your opponents can't do it. So yeah, you, can you still, still can. They can't. Yeah, it's and this uh, this like it'll you'll be amazed when you play this card. All kinds of stuff your opponents want to do. They'll be like, I'm going to do this. And then you'll be like, you can't do that. Can't use your fetch lands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, and if, especially if they sack it already, it's like, well, you can't search for anything. Yeah. So. Sorry. <laughs> your, your land's just gone. Yeah. Uh, you, they can't do something like Fauna Shaman or Survival of the Fittest, which allowed you to go to discard a uh, creature and go search your deck for a different creature. Tooth and Nail, gone. Yep. yep. So many powerful things that involve searching stuff out and being able to stop that is huge. I mean, I remember when we saw. Um, that card in M15 that pe you a player lost 10 life when if they had to search Obnixilis. Yeah, Obnixilis. So like... Unplugged. It, unplugged. Unshackled. I like unplugged. Like yeah, he's, he's live. Been, he's been charging for a while. And then he's like, I got my bat, my battery's full. He's live. Full. He wasn't studio recorded. He's yeah, live. He's, he's live. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like in general, being able to stop a powerful effect like that is really... Like, especially if they're looking for answers against your deck. Like, that's usually what people are going for. They're going for something that can beat you. So Stranglehold stops that entirely. A lot of really good decks rely on the versatility of things like tutors and being mm -hmm. able to go in their deck and find what they need at the yeah. given time. Like a Chromat deck. Yeah. It, it's just like turning that off really, really hampers a lot of decks because they're built around the versatility of being able to go look for stuff. Yeah, so. the, the whole point of a tutor is that it is you replace the tutor with a better card. Yeah. And you get to choose whatever card that is. So, like, the tutor serves is essentially can become a quote-unquote, like, five card sort yep, of thing. Yep, And now all of a sudden you just turned all their tutors into did nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and you turn all their, their fetch lands and their into nothing yeah it's unless they have burning wish in which case they can just go drive down to their local game store and buy <laughs> i don't know if you're allowed to do that if it's already in the deck if you're allowed to play another one that you have outside the game because be i don't know too. the rules with outside the game stuff but i would say yeah. 
generally you still couldn't play something that That's was already in your deck. deck. It's still yeah. a singleton format. So yeah. if it was already in your deck, you couldn't get another copy of it. I, I don't know if that's right. I'm not a judge. Sounds about right. It, yeah. make, it makes sense that it would work like that. Anyway, super good card. It's It doesn't hurt you at all. You'll be amazed at what it does, especially in big multiplayer games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like all it, there'll be at least 10 cards in everybody's deck that just don't work now. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of cards. Yeah, especially, yeah, it's a tenth of their, yeah. If you yeah. can shut that much down and they get dead draws every time they draw one, you're, it's card advantage in a different way that red usually doesn't get to have that. So good job, Stranglehold. <laughs> way to go, Stranglehold. Way to go. <laughs> it was printed in a commander set too by Wizards, so you know that it's a card meant for the format. Yeah. Um, so it's great. I think that's uh, that does it for my my top ten honorable mentions. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, all right, awesome. Let's so, move on. Listen, people, you're gonna have a lot of um, a lot of opinions about this, and we love hearing about it. Yeah. So because we're, well, I mean, this is our opinion. We're not necessarily correct. You know, I don't think there is a correct or an incorrect. In fact, exactly. I've loved hearing other people's opinion because opened my eyes about from the artifacts about some artifacts I may not have thought of. Yeah, exactly. There's just so many cards in the history of Magic, it's hard to encompass all of them. But yeah. I'm pretty sure Wheel of Fortune is still number one. <laughs> pretty sure well, about that one. Yeah, and, and hopefully for you newer EDH players out there, or even actually older players, you know, it, hopefully these lists help you gather sort of the mental image of what each deck should have one way or the other um, if you're playing that color. And I'll, I'll always have nice options. You know, right. if it doesn't fit with your commander, then, you know, maybe it's not a top 10 red card for you. But if it does, then awesome. I think that's one of the things that we've seen with a lot of the people um, commenting about the artifacts was like it's so specific to the type of decks that they play that they might see this artifact in a totally different light than I would yeah. because they play these two commanders that I just don't have. And yeah. it just shows that the format is so diverse and uh, there's so many different ways you can go that like in a certain deck, you know, this card might be a 10 out of 10 and yeah. another deck, it might just be a two. So, you know, it's all under consideration of what decks you're playing and everything like that. But um Definitely send us your thoughts. Tweet at us. Post on the Reddit threads that we make. Um, love to hear what you guys have to contribute. Post on the Rocket Jump website overall. You know what I'd love to see, and let's let's just make this a thing. So, the contest mm-hmm. for for the, for next week for our giveaways. Oh, great! Let's pick. Um, we did three random uh, people that posted on the Reddit th- thread last time. Let's we're gonna do three random uh, people that post in the comment section on this episode on RocketJump.com. Yep. Uh, we'll pick three of you, and we'll get, send the giveaway uh, prizes to you. Yeah, uh, and you'll be competing against a much smaller pool. So. Yeah, it definitely won't be like you know hundreds of people like it is on Reddit. So you know, make your top ten list of what you think the top ten uh, red cards are mm-hmm. for you, and put that in the comment section, and we'll pick three people at random, and you're gonna get some free stuff. Yeah, and you can share cards. You know, you don't have to make a brand new list. You can use. Yeah, if you your... agree with us. Yeah, totally. You know, which you obviously should. <laughs> <laughs> then you could just copy our list. All right. Well, if, if 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 I see any Kiki Jiki copy lists, I uh, you're not qual- you're Kiki Jiki one through ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know I would count that as a legitimate <laughs> entry because it's like oh he just copied himself and every time he he got sacked because he's legendary. But whatever. Uh, okay, so let's talk Speaking about of Kiki Jiki. Yeah, he is the commander Segway. of the day. Whoop 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 whoop. Um, so I have a uh, I have a personal story about Kiki Jiki. I've drafted Modern Masters three oh, times now. Right, so like, I, it's an expensive format. I can't really play it that often. And each time, I'm like, oh my gosh, so many! I could pop a Tarmogoyf in here. So excited! Every single time I've drafted Modern Masters, I've opened a Kiki Jiki. It's true. Every it's crazy single now, time. If what you're are the like chances, of if that? you're like me, it's like, why do you sound disappointed by that? Because it's awesome. I wish I could pull a Kiki right. Jiki. Every time I draft Modern Masters, I get like, I don't know, 
Ariok Salvagers or something, <laughs> you know, which is like a good card in draft, but it's worth right. like a dollar. Well, hey, look, I'm stoked, right? No, I think it's, it's awesome. great. Yeah. But it's like, what are the chances? I don't know. Evidently, it's pretty good if it's you. Yeah, well, you did so, get a foil Elspeth once, too, so that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad ass. Yeah, that, was <laughs> yeah. <pretty> <laughs> that was a... I, I cracked a big smile on my face when that happened. Um, so Kikijiki was obviously the first... Uh, it was the second deck I ever made, and it was a mono-red deck. Well, you're Jimmy the Red. Yeah, exactly. I actually eventually... Kiki Jimmy. Kiki Jimmy. Uh, I've, Jimmy Jiki. I eventually converted Kiki Jiki into a Norn the Wary deck just to have more fun. Because it was like, th- the point of the deck is just to make a lot of goblins, mm-hmm. and have a blast, mana echoes, go nuts. Um, and I was getting a little bit of hate because Kiki Jiki would come out. And also, I was just never able to play him because <laughs> people were ready to get rid of him as soon as he came out. He's one of those generals that people go after you uh, before you even play right. him. They'll know. But the deck is very, very strong. Yeah, like, he's a yeah. super strong commander. It has you can you can essentially win turn four or five if you build yeah. it right. He's um, he's one of those decks he can definitely be played more competitively. Yeah, but he he's a two two, so he dies to like a lightning bolt. <laughs> but the fact that he has haste, yeah, oh, and you always so have much. access to him, and he there's a lot of turns you can just play him and win. Mm-hmm. So it's just very scary to play against Kiki because yeah. you have to be holding an answer. And like I said, lightning bolt won't solve the problem a lot of times yeah yeah because yeah. he'll you get in you still get to tap him once and sometimes all you gotta do is tap him once yeah yeah exactly so, yeah. and and even if you don't win you just swing the position of the board in your favor yeah. because you're able to make you know another 80 goblins or whatever there's just not too many cards in magic where it's like if i manage to tap it one time <laughs> i can kill all five players sometimes. yeah yeah like it's just just not a lot of that effect i mean there is but it's just one of those rare things. And I don't know that there's too many other commanders that have that specific power. No, I don't think so. Um, and people have some people have even clamored for Kiki to be banned. Um, but I don't really care. I put him in my commander deck inside it, and Noren's my commander, and I have mm-hmm. tons of ways of getting him out. So mm-hmm. I don't really mind. I, I have a lot of fun other way piloting the deck. Um, but to go over his text again, he has haste. Um, he costs two and three red, and you tap him to put a creature token into play. That's a copy of target non-legendary creature you control. That creature token has haste. Sacrifice it at end of turn. And that's really important, that it's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of cards in this deck that abuse enter the battlefield and exiting the battlefield, or when this is put into a graveyard from play. A lot of cards that, that double up something usually say exile it at end of turn or something else, but the fact that it says sacrifice is really important. So it's, it, it'll a lot of that stuff will play similar to a flicker deck or like yeah. the Animar bounce deck, or it's just abusing those ETB effects or the yeah. leave the battlefield effects. Yeah. So the way that it works is pretty simple, um, and they're, you're essentially building a toolbox of a deck around Kiki Jiki, um, and you want to ramp really fast with a ton of mana rocks and essentially get to that point where you can make that one turn kill. Um, he can be an, an infinite machine, but really he abuses enter the battlefield effects. Because every time he makes a copy, that person or that creature gets that same thing again. It enters the battlefield. It enters the battlefield so. again, yeah. Or it leaves the battlefield when you have to sacrifice it. Yeah, exactly. Turn, so. um, and it's instant speed value. You can do it as an answer to something. You can. It, the, the reason I like this a lot is you can be reactive and aggressive when you choose to be. So based on the board state, it's not always just go, 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 go. Sometimes it's like waiting. Do I need to copy this creature to do this if that happens? Or I should wait until the end step of the person before me. So I like that a lot as well. Hmm. Um, speed is really important in this deck, obviously. So getting Kiki Jiki out early and getting protection on him, uh, and also avoiding counters. So it's uh, red always wants to avoid counters. Yeah, you better be avoiding counters. Um, so you want to, you know, hold a fork in your hand uh, and eat slowly and politely so as to avoid counters. <laughs> um, and you also get to be flavorful, which is great. Uh, I, I my build is much more goblin oriented um, and with a lot of threat and effects as well repeatable threat and effects. 
and sack outlets, of course. Right. So, so let's talk about some of the downsides of playing Kiki. Um, oh, when he's your so commander, <laughs> it's a, when he's your commander. The, I'd say the biggest downside is just you're playing mono red. Mono red, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that to be uh, to be down on red specifically no. yeah, as a yeah. color. It's just playing mono any color has a lot of downsides because we've talked about the color pie in the past and one of the ways you get around the weaknesses of a color is to pair it with another color so you can cover sort of the specific things that a, that a certain color is not good at. So right. red, for example, just it has nothing. You can't do a thing about an enchantment. Yeah. So if somebody plays an enchantment on you and you're playing Kiki-Jiki, like you just have very few answers. Chaos Warp and a couple of artifacts. So... That's just the you know one of the downsides of playing a monocolored deck is you just don't have access to the full range of utility that yeah. you know a, a multicolored deck would have. And you gotta be really careful too because it's like you can't play it the same that you would a deck that does have a tutor or right. that does have card draw because now you have to you know it's like I said with uh, earlier with aggro you have to make bigger decisions earlier on mm -hmm. that impact the game a lot more. So you have to make sure you don't you know empty your hand or play out everything and Kiki Jiki just dies because you or, have no way to recover. Yeah. yeah, you have very few ways of recovering. Um, I think also like monocolor decks in general, uh, maybe less true of the ones that have more card draw mm -hmm. is you have to sort of mulligan maybe a little bit more aggressively. Like you can't afford to keep hands that don't have like specific things in it. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. So you can't hope to just draw into it. Really? Yeah. Because with blue uh, or black, you can say, ah, this hand's a little sketchy, but it has a lot of land and mm -hmm. I have a lot of card draw in my deck. So there's a good chance if I don't top, if I don't start drawing the cards I need, I draw yeah. a card that draws me more cards, which gives me more chances to draw the card I need. Right. Red doesn't have that. So you need your hand to look a lot better from the start because there's just less chance of you drawing a card that gets you more cards so your hand can look good. Yeah. And very few tutors, um, especially because you're just one color. Like we said, you pretty much have like one or two. Yeah, you've got like Gamble and then the specific and Goblin then the Goblin ones. Tutors, and then yeah. if you're rich, you got like... Uh, Imperial more. Recruiter. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, That's one. about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and uh, this... you could have like Ring of Three Wishes. There's some right. artifact it... ones, but those are expensive. But you can cover your yourself a little with artifacts mm -hmm. and and that's a good thing to do i would really encourage that but yeah exactly it's, there's just not going to be as many options available to you yeah this is definitely an artifact heavy deck and because of all of these things this deck is a glass cannon so it's very it's easy fragile it's fragile yeah but when it blows it it goes you know it tears through opponents um so it's a lot of fun to pilot um but the downsides are real they're very real. Uh, so you have to be careful when you're playing the deck. Yeah, I think Kiki himself is a downside in that he's yeah. really well known. Um, you know, anybody who, who's played Magic for any time at all just knows Kiki is n really, really, there's a lot of infinite combo shenanigans with him. Yeah. So they're going to be just more scared of you going off at any minute than they would be a, a, of another deck. So you're mm -hmm. just going to draw a lot more hate from the beginning. But yeah. the deck is fast. So it can sort of take that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about some of the uh, the abusing Enter the Battlefield cards. Um, the one that I want to mention immediately is Solemn Simulacrum. What, what? My what, number what? one. You're number one, and for you, good reason. I'm a number one <laughs> guy. <laughs> that was the best one yet. I'm getting better. Uh, so Solemn Simulacrum, as you all know, when he enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tap, and then shuffle your library. That's great by itself. 
and when you die to draw a card. So this has what this deck needs. You yeah, if you've the got deck. Kiki in that, you're oh just automatically ramping and drawing. Drawing, a, yeah, an extra card every turn, and you're only running basic lands for the most part because mm-hmm. this is a mono red deck. Yeah, you might have a couple of utility lands, but yeah, exactly. Uh, in your in your main utility lands are you know you want to draw them eventually, and you'll get them because you're thinning your deck out. And right. this is actually it will make a difference if you get Solemn out for long enough because every time when the copy dies, you get to draw that card. Yeah. So you get essentially two activations of this if Kiki's on the board when he lands and you get to copy him and you get to repeat it and do it over and over again. Not to mention if you It's have, awesome. It's like it's like replaying Moldrift for every turn or something. Yeah, like, it's fantastic. Yeah. And the fact that the the, the um, mana, the land comes into play yeah. is a huge thing because it doesn't count as your land per turn. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah. get a, so yeah. it's ramp. It's ramp. It's, yeah. yeah, it's hardcore ramp. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the next artifact creature we love. Oh, yes. They're also on our lift list from last week a duplicant it's six mana for a two four artifact shapeshifter the two four doesn't matter as much because it has imprint it says when duplicant enters the battlefield you may exile target non-token creature Oof. as long as the exiled card is a creature duplicant has that card's power and toughness and creature types it's still a shapeshifter so duplicant doesn't get the abilities of the card it exiles this doesn't matter it doesn't matter you Kiki Jiki is just using duplicant to just Machine gun machine down, gun. kill stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like not exile just kill that. it. Yeah, exile it. Exile yeah. that. Exile that. Exile that. Exile that. Every turn you can do it, or every time you can untap Kiki and use it again. Yeah, duplicate with Kiki is it's mean. That's one of those things when it comes out, people are like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, because you just literally kill everything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's definitely my favorite combo in the deck. Um, to talk about some red cards, a card like Molten Primordial uh, mm-hmm. is really fantastic. It's a hasty creature avatar for seven mana for a six four. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, you gain control of up to one target creature that player controls until the end of the turn. Untap those creatures, and they gain haste. So with it's a threat effect, but it applies one to each person on the board. So it's like a mini insurrection, mm-hmm. but you're only going to be taking the most powerful thing. Yep. Uh, and this can really swing the game in your favor because you also, with Kiki out, get to do it every turn. Or you get to do it when they're before they declare combat. You know, Or when they declare combat, you steal someone you else's creature. You can do creature. it as an instant. Yeah. That's what's makes it crazy because yeah. you you start going into ray of command territory mm-hmm. which is like they go to attack you you take one of their things and block their own thing and kill both of them with it plus yeah. you take other people's things like you can, you can double block if it's a death touch guy you can just block with everyone's creatures yeah and just I've, I've seen it happen where it's like you take four creatures and you end up killing eight creatures yeah you know you know it's yeah it's it's really awesome yeah. um there's one on here i hadn't thought of until just now because it's so new is the mm-hmm. hoarding dragon yeah from well M15. actually it's a, it's a reprint too so hoarding dragon has been around for a bit oh it's one i hadn't thought of just because i hadn't thought of it yeah it's it's great it's like a Wanna yeah hoarding it? dragon is a five mana four four flyer it says when it comes into play you find an artifact in your deck and you exile it and then when hoarding dragon is put into the graveyard from the battlefield you take that exiled artifact and you put it into your hand yeah so with kiki the the first time it lands you grab something and you may not see that for a while you don't grab your most important thing the first time you use kiki and then you go grab something you really want Mm -hmm. an artifact and then the hoarding dragon you're gonna sacrifice it in the turn and that artifact's gonna go into your hand and you could still attack with a four four flyer yeah or you do it at the end of someone's turn so it's like hi i did four damage to you and i tutored out an artifact and i can do that whenever i want to Whenever, yeah. The great part is that I, I've I've had this combo out, and I literally tutored up like six different yeah. artifacts. It's card advantage, and it's the tutor. Yeah, it's the tutor part is what's crazy. Like mm-hmm. just the ability to go find any artifact in your deck, like that. 
and the artifacts are covering you in the areas that the deck's already weak. So that's exactly. the stuff you really want to find. Yeah. So you can go find your card draw. You can go find the stuff, your board wipes. You can go find all the stuff that your deck normally just doesn't have a good way to do those things. It's, yeah. Hoarding Dragon is super important. Yeah, it's really nice, uh, especially because this deck does run so many artifacts. So getting those out is great, especially because I think one of the first things you'll probably search out is either the Solemn or the Duplicant, you know, Probably duplicate because it's just such a great answer for mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, but yeah, getting. Those but if into you your... need mana, then you go find the solemn. If yeah. you need, you know, or a soul ring or whatever. You can, you know, you can tailor it to the situation. Yeah, and that's all. That's why I really like the flexibility on this deck, which is nice. Um, the next category I have for this deck are goblins. Kiki Jiki is a goblin, and it's only fit that he comes in with a bunch of other goblins that can help his cause out. And, uh, plus they're awesome. Plus they're all awesome, yeah. So the first one, uh, which has almost made my top ten list, but I realize it's very situational. It's is, a, it was on my, like, it was just outside of my list. Yeah, it's Goblin Matron. Um, and she's a mean old lady. She's a hag. You can tell <laughs> just by looking at all the different art. I mean, seriously, look up the art for Goblin Matron over the years. It's hilarious. Uh, it's two in a red. When it comes into play from your hand, search your library for a Goblin card and put that card into your hand. Shuffle your library afterwards. So this is great just by itself, right? Tiki yep. Jiki gets tucked. You can use this to search him out. Really he's important a goblin. because tucking him is one of the ways you would normally want to fight the deck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it also is great because it's an enter the battlefield. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It comes into play from your hand. So the only way to get Goblin Matron back out is something like Cloudstone Curio uh, by bouncing it back to your hand and back. Mm -hmm. um, or you can use sort of her uh, honorary brother, which is the goblin, um, the other searcher. Where is he? Hold on one second. Goblin Recruiter? Yeah, the other option is Goblin Recruiter. Uh, when he comes in, you can search up any number of goblins to put them on the top of your deck and in any order. So you could essentially, if you had 99 goblins, you could put all 99 goblins out with one guy searching for them or whatever. You wouldn't because that number is crazy. But but you can take you can go find the top five and you can say, next turn I'm going to draw this one. Then the yeah. turn after that I'm going to draw this one. The turn after that I'm going to draw that one. Yeah. And if you have card draw, you can just draw them right now. But even if you don't, you can just sort of set up exactly how you're going to want the game to mm -hmm. go. And I'd recommend not putting more than like probably three or four, um, especially because you're going to be able to recur some of these cards. Like if you have that guy out there, you can just you know do it again and be like, all right, now I need some more goblins right now. It's crazy when you think about it, though, because how powerful is a card like Worldly Tutor? Oh, super powerful. Which lets you go find any creature and put it on top of your deck. Well, mm -hmm. this does that, but you get to do it three or four times. Yeah. So it's it's really strong. Yeah. It's it's a really good card. Yeah. Um, I have one here that. Uh, I like. I mean, I hate it. Every time you play it, I'm like, uh, but <laughs> you it's can a really it. good card. He's also a great commander as well. Yeah, it's Krenko Mob Boss. He's two and two red for a 3-3 three, three Goblin Warrior, legendary creature. It says tap him and put X 1-1 one, one red Goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is the number of goblins you control. He's a very strong commander. He's yeah. strong even if he's not your commander, and that's mm -hmm. the scary thing. And that's why he's a legendary creature, yeah. and so Kiki can't copy him, but I don't really care. He's still super powerful. Well, he's deck. one of those effects where like, if Kiki isn't out, he mm -hmm. can win the game for you by himself. Exactly. Because he just starts doubling the amount of creatures you have, and then before you know it, you're tapping him, and you're making 20 guys. Right. And that just ends the game so fast. He's one of those creatures that's left unchecked is like he's just going to win. Yeah, you guys ever do that experiment in like elementary school? You're like, it's the power of two. It yeah. starts out small, but it gets big fast. Yep. Every time you double something, it definitely exponentially gets bigger. It just ramps up super fast, especially when you're running cards like uh, Siege Gang Commander, which oh, is yeah. a five drop, uh, two, two. And when he comes in the battlefield, you put three, one, one goblins onto the battlefield and you can sacrifice a goblin for two mana and it does two damage to target creature or player. Which is usable. It's usable, yeah. It's also a sack outlet, a little more expensive, but... Kiki Jiki doubling this guy down, and then with Krenko out, you just you go from you know because they're all you goblins. can go from no token from no goblin tokens to like 
40 goblin tokens in like one yeah, exactly. turn. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's an awesome card. Uh, another one that I love to cause chaos with. Oh, yeah. Tuck Tuck. Tuck Tuck Scrapper. He's three and a red for a goblin artificer ally. He's a 2 2. Whenever Tuck Tuck Scrapper or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact. Ugh. If that artifact is put into a graveyard this way, Tuck Tuck Scrapper deals damage to that artifact's controller equal to the number of allies you control. Right. So you're not going to really trigger the allies as much. Yeah. You just you're looking to copy them with Kiki Jiki and just start gunning down artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. It's really really powerful. Um, yeah. I've seen you destroy. Yeah. A lot of artifacts that way. And him with Goblin Walder is my great. artifacts. Yeah, your artifacts. Everyone's uh, artifacts. Uh, Sting Scourger is the last Goblin I'll, ca- I'll talk about. He's just a two, he's essentially a two mana bounce spell uh, with an echo of four. Um, but it's a great way to also machine gun things backed up to people's hands with King mm-hmm, Jiki. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great situationally to you know put back their gigantic creature that will swing and kill you next turn. Um, and he's just a nuisance, especially when you have Kiki out. He's yeah, he's a huge nuisance when you have Kiki out because you can't advance your board position against the deck so yeah the red deck keeps bouncing your most expensive thing and you can p- keep playing it but then they bounce it again because he just keeps copying it with kiki and it's yeah. like all of a sudden you can find yourself in this position where like you're not actually gaining any ground every turn and yeah and the and the red deck is continuing to put more threats out on the board and all of a sudden red has become like a tempo deck like how, how did that happen yeah that that card it that's a blue card what's it doing in red yeah well your chaos or he's something. being a he's being a goblin that's what he's doing um, so let's talk about some win conditions with Kiki. As we said, going infinite is a goal, and it's definitely the biggest one you want to do. Um, yeah, Kiki is just a going infinite engine. Yeah, or yeah. if not going infinite, going big. Yeah, um, I just think if you're in a play group where they don't like going infinite, which stop whining, going infinite is just a part of EDH. I don't. And it's so easy to stop. That's why I don't. Mind. Yeah, I mean, some going infinite combos are tough, but there's all kinds of things that's tough to deal with. I don't yeah, exactly. understand. I do understand like people who get really annoyed about land destruction and stuff. Right. Although I, I don't, I don't like that either. I don't like whining in general, but I understand that because it's not necessarily fun. Right. But games have to end. Yeah. You know, I'd somebody's got to win. So I don't understand yeah. how losing to an infant combo is somehow worse than losing to somebody just all of a sudden making 50 mana and fireballing you in the face. Like, right. why is one of those worse than the other? Yeah, like, they both end the game end and you die. Yeah. yeah. And there's all <laughs> kinds of combos that aren't infinite that just do kill everybody. Yeah. You know, I don't And that's know. part of the thrill, too. It's like, I mean, you need to build your deck against a number of different threats. Yeah. And it's not like going infinite is like, in, in Kiki Jiki's case, there are two card combos that do it, but there are a lot of ways to stop these things from happening. And it's so telegraphed in a deck like this that if you're not able to drop an answer beforehand, then just shuffle up and play again. You'll be happier I, for it. I've said this before. I'll say it again. The next time somebody infinites off on you and you get mad about it, step into their shoes for a second. And they probably just did something that they built the deck to do and they don't. it doesn't always do it. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and instead of getting mad, be like, dude, that was cool. Just give them props and then just shuffle up and play again because it totally sucks when you finally pull off the thing that you were like excited about that when you, you built the deck. cards for. Yeah, you and you were like, this is going to be awesome if this ever happens because these two cards in my deck have to come together perfectly. Yeah. You know, And the one time you actually do it, everyone gets mad at you. Like, that's just lame. You know, Give the dude some props and just shuffle up for the next game. Yeah. So All the right, way so let's to talk go, about infinite combos. Infinite combos. Thornbite Staff oh, is yeah. uh, one of my classic. favorite ones. Yeah, it's classic uh, because it is a, such a weird artifact. It's a tribal artifact, shaman equipment. Equipped creature has 
Pay two mana and tap. This creature deals one damage to target creature or player. And whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, untap this creature. It doesn't have to be the creature that they tapped and did wood damage to. Correct. It's just any creature. Any yeah. creature. Uh, yeah. You'll never use the top ability. You're, you're really looking to untap the creature. And yeah. that creature would be Kiki-Jiki. Because whenever a shaman creature comes into play, you may attach Thornbite Staff to it. So it's a two drop. Normally the equip is four, but Kiki Jiki is a shaman. As soon as you cast him, he gets the Thornbite Staff. And he's got haste. And he's got haste, exactly. Um, There's a lot of times where if the Thornbite Staff's out, if you don't destroy the Thornbite Staff, as soon as Kiki comes in, everybody dies. Right. Uh, But like, even if it's just Kiki and the Thornbite Staff and one other creature, it's super powerful because every time he makes a copy, it dies, and then he gets to untap Kiki Jiki. And so the nice thing is, like, you get to... At the end of every turn. At the, yeah, end of every turn. So you get to have four activations of whatever's on the board. And it may not kill everyone, but it definitely is super powerful. It will kill everyone eventually, that will. Yeah, like, exactly. You can't just let Kiki be tapping, like, four times every rotation of the table. There's yeah. no way that, you know, that's not going to lead to victory. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the the uh, another card that works with it is a Lightning Crafter. And it's got a weird ability on it uh, called Championing, which we don't see very often. Yeah, it's... Is championing from Shadowmore? Yeah, so. I think so. Uh, Lightning Crafter is three and a red for a three-three Goblin Shaman. So you could put the Thornbite Staff on it if you wanted to. It says mm-hmm. uh, champion a Goblin or a Shaman. So this means when this card comes into play, you have to sacrifice it unless you remove a Goblin or Shaman you control from the game. And then when this card leaves play, the Goblin or Shaman that you removed from the game comes back into play. Right. Uh, and the Lightning Crafter says tap it and it deals three damage to target creature or player. So it's a pinger, mm-hmm. except for it doesn't just ping, because that's usually one. It bolts. Yeah, it bolts. It does three damage to creature or yeah. player. Uh, so there are ways to go infinite with this and the Thornbite Staff. Yeah. Um, so for one, when you champion, you can you usually don't want to do it to Kiki-Jiki. Uh, you could, though, because it would protect him effectively. Correct. You could make it so that they have to kill the Lightning Crafter if they don't want to die, but then when they do, Kiki-Jiki comes back and play. But also... Yeah. Also, you can just use it to, you know, sack a random token under him. It goes away pretty much forever because tokens don't come back from exile. And then you have this amazing ability, which Kiki can copy. And usually you're going to be killing something with this. Oh, yeah. That means things get untapped. Yep. And when things get untapped, Kiki goes off. Uh, And so the lightning crafter just has like tapping to do a lightning bolt is really powerful. Um, I think he might even be holding like the Thornbite staff. He has something in his hand that looks just like it. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, like you guys can look all this stuff up. People have dissected the different ways to go infinite with Kiki Jiki, and yeah, I think he is holding the Thornbite Staff. He should um, be. He should be. Yeah. And, and the whole thing is, is like you get to activate him. Uh, you get to use him once, and then when that creature dies, the original one gets untapped. Right. Or you know, you Kiki Jiki gets untapped. Yeah. yeah. So like the Thornbite Staff really is the, the centerpiece. The centerpiece here because it allows Kiki Jiki to untap very easily because his ability essentially creates a creature that will activate it. I would say um, any card that fits into red or artifact that mm-hmm. has the words untapped target creature or untapped creature right. is something you should give a close look at if yeah. you're playing with Kiki Jiki. So the way this goes infinite is like Kiki Jiki with a Thornbite Staff on him, a Lightning Crafter in play, and a Sack Outlet. Yeah. So Kiki Jiki makes a copy of the Lightning Crafter. It has haste. It does three damage to someone. You sack it. Kiki Jiki untaps. You repeat. Yep. So you can just keep making Lightning Crafters yep. over and over again. Goblin Bombardment. Yeah. And you do an extra Lightning one Crafter. damage. Yep. I mean, at that point, you're winning more. Um, but yeah, that's, well, it's just a it's a sack outlet that's free. That's free. Yeah, you exactly. need a sack outlet that doesn't cost you mana because yeah, you can't go or on. yeah, requires yeah. you to tap in. Yeah. Um, another card that Kiki just goes immediately infinite with. Kiki's great because uh, he has two card infinite combos. I mean, I say great, you know, in a way that's not like, oh, check this out. Like I'm gonna go infinite every time and make you so upset. Uh, Zealous conscripts four in a red has haste. Very important. 
Actually, not that important. <laughs> when Zealous Conscripts <laughs> enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent until end of turn. Untap that permanent. It gains haste until end of turn. Zealous Conscripts, you can essentially target Kiki-Jiki. Yep. And the big thing is says untap that permanent. So it comes into play. You can control of your own Kiki. If he's tapped, whatever. If he's untapped, you make a copy of Zealous Conscripts. It comes down as a 3-3 haste, and it untaps Kiki-Jiki It's just again. like Pestermite. Yeah, it's just like Pestermite. So you're just gaining control of it constantly and untapping it. You make 50 million copies of Zealous Conscripts, and, and then swing you away. just swing away. Yeah. yeah. So that's another infinite combo to go there. Um, And outside of that, there are just a lot of, like, like I was saying earlier, just semi-infinite. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have mana echoes out and you've got a Krenko or you've got uh, a Siege Gang Commander, you can just copy them, make, you know, 36 colorless mana right then and just keep Yeah, going. you should read mana echoes because it's actually really key to the deck. Mana echoes is two and two red and enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play, you may add one tier mana pool for each creature you control that shares a creature type with it. So if you have goblins specifically. Which is, is what you're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. You copy something that gives you three goblins, and now you have five on the table. So for each of those, you can add one for each other creature. So I think you get 25. Yeah. It depends on how they come in. Sometimes you, depending on if you're playing them out of your hand, you might yeah. get four, then five, then six, then seven. But right. a lot of times you just end up with like 78 mana. Yeah. Colorless mana. I mean... As much mana as you want, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, which you can use in a variety of ways in the deck to just kill everybody. Yeah, really, it's just like in that case, that's when you want to get out your um, your rolling earthquake because mm-hmm. you can just hit everyone for X, and you just need one red untapped. You yeah, know? true, true. So, like generating that amount of mana, like the win condition isn't infinite, which may make some people happy or sad. Who knows? But it still is enough to end the game, or you know, essentially take over the board. Right. And and red has a lot of things that do damage to all creatures and players. It doesn't even have to be just rolling earthquake. But yeah, one of those X spells. Yeah. That hits everybody. Yeah, can totally. You can use that mana, but even if you don't use it for that, you can use it for other things. A lot of times, just having seventy mana or so, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's just a, a variety of ways to just like kill everybody. Yeah, and the thing about this deck is there are a lot of big creatures in there. Like Molten Primordial is five and two mm-hmm, red. And mm-hmm. You want to find ways of ramping into those cards, and uh, Mana Echoes is a great way to be able to play out your hand and have a lot of you know kiki targets. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking to go the more controlly route. Okay, so let's talk about some cards that you know you need in the deck because they cover some bases that red normally can't have covered. So we talked about Chaos Warp earlier. It's a tuck effect. Um, we also talked about Gamble earlier, which is the best tutor that Red's got. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got one on here, All is Dust. Yeah, it's an Eldrazi Travel Sorcery. It's a seven-mana board wipe that each player sacrifices all colored permanents here as she controls. And this is sort of like a last-ditch effort if things aren't going well, but this deck has a lot of uh, artifacts in there. Uh-huh. So, so it's like, not even going to get rid of Duplicant or Solemn Simulacrum and yeah. some of that other stuff, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, it's like there are a couple of other board wipes that Red has that are usually take out your own board or whatever so i'd rather i like this because it's just a lot of stuff gets going and it's colored permanence i think too like everybody runs wrath of god that yeah. destroys your own stuff like board wipes aren't meant to not destroy your own stuff it's right. good if they don't but in general you want, you'll still play a board right because there's going to be a lot of games where your deck just gets off to a slow start or they just happen to have the right counters for your stuff mm-hmm. and you're just behind and you don't care you just need to hit the reset button on the whole table and if you lose a couple of your own creatures, that's fine because you're going to lose the game if you don't. So to me, like, All is Dust is great uh, because you can run it in red and it, it has effect that red cards generally just don't have. Yeah. And also this deck will, you know, you'll run a couple of Eldrazi in there too just because... Because you can make 74 mana sometimes. that much mana, yeah. So, like, a card like All is Dust is just a situational one where it's like, all right, great, this is the board wipe I need to close out this game if I was behind. And this deck needs a couple of that. 
Um, and actually, I guess we should talk about that next, which is how to function without Kiki. Okay. Because uh, he is going to disappear. People are going to shut him down or whatever. Um, Splinter Twin, I think, is the, the one that we talked about earlier. So it's essentially, it has the same ability as Kiki. It's much more limited because you can only play it on one creature. Um, but it does help But it still you. goes infinite with a lot of the same cards. I yeah, mean, if exactly. you put it on Zealous Constructs, it still does the thing. Exactly, yeah. So it, it, it's it's a way to get there without having to have your general out necessarily. And a lot of times, like, Kiki is going to cost, like, 30 mana to cast if you've played him enough because people just keep killing <laughs> That's him. That's a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, the game should have just ended. Um, um, another card I see you have around here is Mimic Vat. Yeah. So you can imprint Kiki, I'm assuming, if he dies, and then you can print you Kiki. Can... Yeah. That's actually yeah, that's super powerful because he's got it's got haste when it comes out. Well, Kiki has haste anyway. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's just one of those cards. If he's in play for one second and you could tap him once, a lot of times you can just win. Yeah, exactly. And you you'll want to use that for like your goblin recruiter as well or your other oh, like yeah. tutor card. So it's just like and, and plus you can decide whenever a card gets put into the graveyard, you can choose to exile it and mimic that, which is great. Um, another card is Felhide Spirit Binder. It's a uh, it's a card from Born of the Gods. Actually, it's four for a three four and has inspired. Whenever Felhide Spirit Binder becomes untapped, you may pay one in a red. If you do, put a token onto the battlefield. That's a copy of another target creature, except it's an enchantment in addition to other types. It gains haste, and you exile the beginning of the next end step. So he's a guy that it's more conditional because mm-hmm. you need to swing with him or find a way to get him tapped. Um, but he, I mean, if you put Thornbite or yeah, or Splinter Twin on him, then he he's a shaman as well, so he fits very well with Thornbite. Oh. Um, so he essentially does what Kiki does, but just again, it's just one of. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. a great way, great way to like get that value still without having to. You can still copy stuff and make yeah. it enter the battlefield effects. So you're he's... not going to go infinite necessarily, but yeah. And if he has the Thornbite staff on him, then he can, you know, you you can do it every time a creature dies. So you could go semi infinite. Semi infinite, yeah. If you had enough mana there, uh-huh. you could you could you could at least do a lot of damage. Yeah, infinite just isn't. It's just enough to kill anybody is all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, people get really caught up on the the word infinite, but really, it's like you don't need to make seventeen million pester mites. You just need to make right. exactly the amount that will swing in and kill them, and that could be sixty three. Yeah, it's just <laughs> easier to say a million just to you know just to speed things up instead yeah. of doing the hard math or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some artifacts. Okay. So this deck obviously needs to run a lot of them to fill up the gap of being mono red. Um, like any mono colored deck's going to have a lot. Of, it's ironic yeah. because any five color decks going to have a lot of artifacts, just because your mana is base is all over the place. Right. And, and you need to smooth it out. Be, yeah. And they need anything. Yeah. And and any mono colored deck's going to need it because yeah. you just have to cover all your bases. Um, so key artifacts. Uh, I'll talk about one called Trading Post. It's great all around artifact. It's a four drop and it has four abilities on it. And it's a trading post. You can either pay one and tap it to discard the card to gain four life, pay one life uh, and tap it with a mana to put a 0-1 white goat creature token on the battlefield, pay one mana and tap it to sacrifice a creature, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. That's the key. That's the key. And there's also a pay one, tap it, sacrifice an artifact, draw a card. Worst comes to worst, you use those last two <laughs> over and over again. But yeah, the big thing is like Thornbite Staff's going to get wrecked. Yeah. People know that's a key piece. Um, Duplicant's going to get wrecked. Trading Post is a great way to recur that stuff. That's mm-hmm, not Goblin mm-hmm, Welder. Mm-hmm. And worse comes to worse, you Goblin Welder Trading Post for one of those. Well, plus if you're using Kiki to like make a Solemn Simulacrum, you can actually sack it to the Trading Post right. to get something out of your graveyard. Yeah, you can sacrifice an artifact to draw a card. Yeah, oh, there you go. So you get to draw two cards. So you're sacking a token that was going to die anyway, mm-hmm. but you're getting some effect from it. Yeah, you're getting two cards out of what was going to disappear no matter what. Yeah, which exactly. Which is great, actually. I never thought about that interaction. Yeah, those Thanks, are... Josh. 
<laughs> it's going to happen now. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> now I can lose to this deck even more. Yeah. Yeah, this so, is my surefire, by the way, win deck. When it's yeah, like, I can I'm, tell like when he loses a couple games in a row, he's like, "I'm pulling out this deck." You know, that's just <laughs> like it's a, like ah crap. It's the only one that can honestly beat like Craig's mono blue decks is mono red, and I think that's pretty apt. I think you have that. some other one. Rafiq can do it. Some Rafiq other can ones. do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They have different different. But this uses. is probably your most competitive one. Yeah. Yeah. Another artifact uh, that was made for this deck. Uh, it's made for monocolored decks in general. It yeah. is Gauntlet of Power. It's a artifact. It's a five drop. As Gauntlet of Power comes into play, choose a color. Creatures of the chosen color get plus one, plus one. When a basic land is tapped for mana of the chosen color, its controller adds one mana of that color to his or her mana pool. So it's a universal effect. It does affect everybody, but you're mono. Yeah. Everybody else is probably not. You're going to benefit much more out of this. I mean, Worst case scenario, you're giving a third of this effect to a couple other players and, yeah. and, and 100% of it to you. You know, often it's like less than that because not everybody's playing red. So, right. yeah, it, it's very worth it. Yeah, and also it buffs all your goblins. Um, and if you're going for that route, if you need to win just by overrunning them with goblin tokens, then this is a great way to do it. Right. And also you get to choose when to play it. Yeah, So exactly. you don't just play it out there. You say, oh, I just made... 40 goblin tokens now i'll play it out there i'm about to attack so right. it's like yeah it gives all your dudes something but it doesn't matter because you're dead yeah and you're going to ramp up a lot you can use like a coat of arms at that point you'll probably have the man to play it mm -hmm. as well um another card is extra planar lens oh yeah yeah it's um and this is i think has drawn actually some ire online i was i was looking it up and some people actually are are not so big fans of what of what the uh, interaction is here it's a three drop artifact it has imprint when it comes into play you may remove target land you control from the game and it's imprinted on this card. And whenever a land with the same name as the imprinted card is tapped for mana, its controller adds one mana of his or her man to his or her mana pool of any type that land produced. Mm -hmm. So you do it with snow covered lands. You do it with snow covered lands. And mm -hmm. some people th think this sort of takes away from the spirit of commander, but in general, it's it's a you need to have the ramp. It's monocolored. The you know? spirit of commander is a moving target. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. But to me, this doesn't. Why? How is this more right. broken than like all the other stuff we do? Yeah, than an infinite combo or just token a thousand tokens screaming at your face. You know, yeah. like there's lots of different ways to go crazy with this. Um, extra planar lens is nice because it only targets you, whereas Gauntlet of Power gets everyone. You can right. just play snow covered lands in your deck. Yep. And they count as basic lands. It counts basic lands, correct? Uh, they cost a little bit more, so that is a, sort of a downside. Is as you far have to as invest. like the expense per dollar. Per dollar, yeah. correct? Yeah. Um, because they were only they're printed. not super expensive though. Only from Ice Age, right? And Cold Snap were gotcha. the two that did it, yeah. So, I mean, I love Extra Planar Lens. On turn three, you play it. You only have two lands, but you can tap for four now. Yeah. You know, and then six, then eight. And oftentimes, you, I mean, you. here's the thing. You really, really need the mana in this deck. This is a mana-hungry deck. And, if you don't and have, Red itself doesn't have a lot of ramp. I mean, you've right. got, you're using all artifacts and mana echoes and this. Yeah. Well, there's an artifact. Well, so hopefully it I'm, gets you there, which is the point. The Department um, of Redundancy. <laughs> Welcome to the Department of Redundancy. <laughs> Would you like to talk about Kiki Jiki today? Or the copy that Kiki Jiki is going to make of another creature? Oh, yeah. It's a whole redundancy deck. It is a redundancy deck, yeah. <laughs> and it's all about recurring your own stuff so that you don't have to. I mean, specifically your artifacts, which is it's it's hard to pilot. I'll say that much. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, cards you might not think of. Uh, Altar of Dementia is a great option. It's a sack outlet, and it's also a mill machine. So if someone does have that, what's the card you can only attack with two creatures? 
Crawl space. Crawl space. If someone has a crawl space out and you can't insurrection to a win, then you can just sack everything that you steal or all the goblins you have. There are two twos now because mm -hmm. of gauntlet power, and you can just mill someone out. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely not your ideal win condition, but it's one that I don't think a lot of people will see coming when it does actually happen. Yeah, for sure. You need cards because something like crawl space, there's a lot. There's cards, there's enchantments that mm -hmm. say if you want to attack a player, you have to pay like two colorless to attack right, for right. every creature that's attacking him. There's a lot of cards like that. Stuff like moat, which Ghostly is like prison. Yeah. Yeah. There's just stuff that stops attacking, it's, makes it basically like a, a player can't really be attacked. Yeah. And so you need cards like Golem Bombardment or like Altar of Dementia that just say, okay, well, Kijiki's going to make a bunch of one creature. And I just need that to kill everybody. And it yeah. doesn't have to, they don't have to do it by attacking. They can do it by sacking and doing one damage. They can do it by milling them out. But mm -hmm. whatever that is, like, it wants, I just want to make sure that I win once I mix uh, 10 million of something. Absolutely. Uh, and another, you know, great thing about the Altar of Dementia is that, like, if someone tutors and you have a 1 1 goblin out, before they have, they put the card on the top of their deck, you can just sack the goblin and they don't get their card they tutored. Yeah, that's actually really important because there's, so much tutoring going on yeah. in EDH. There's also like people have scroll racks, people have Sensei's Divining Top, mm -hmm. people are uh, brainstorm. They're just doing shenanigans where they're stacking the top of their library. Like imagine yeah. against a hell of a deck. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you know that they just put three cards on there that they want to. They're going to do it time. right in front of you, and they're and they're going to be about to play her, and yeah. you just go, okay, boom, mill of the top four cards of your deck, and now it's they're just like instead of getting time stretch, they're getting roll of the dice, whatever they get, they yeah. might get four lands, or they're just not going to play it. Yeah, you know? they it, probably it, wouldn't. They'll probably want to stack it. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, and then you can just do it again. So, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a great all around utility card. Gang milling in general isn't a viable strategy on think commander, but being able to control the top of other players decks is very valuable. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes you can just mill everybody out. Yeah. Um Okay, I see on cards. this. Oh, I see one on this list. Kazul, Tyrant of the Cliffs. Yeah, this guy's I just found out about him today and I put him on the list. It's 3 and 2 red for a legendary creature Ogre Warrior. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, put a 3-3 red ogre creature token onto the battlefield unless that creature's controller pays three. So they attack you. If they don't pay three, you get a 3-3. Three, three. Free tokens. Yeah, this is actually... Wow. It's very reactive. I think this is also a little meta-dependent because if everyone's yeah. just slinging like, counterspells or whatever, then he's not going to do anything for you. Yeah, whenever an opponent... A creature an opponent controls. I mean, this is for every creature. Every creature, yeah. So, so token deck. Token deck's totally hosed by this. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. Pretty powerful. It's interesting because it doesn't seem like something red would normally be good at. Right. Which is like blocking. Block. Yeah. Yeah. Since when does red want to block? It yeah. is a powerful card. And in general, like if people are going to try and kill you by conventional means, at the very least, you have more ammo to your Ultra of Dementia. You have mm -hmm. more ammo to Mana Echoes. You know, you've got all these things that can help you generate you know if you sacrifice this to an astronaut's altar you got more mana there so it's it's you're always trying to find ways to make tokens mm -hmm. and make more guys on the battlefield that you can use as your because they're fuel yeah yeah, they're your fuel cool so he's got a nice little bit there and then uh, the last guy's null spine dragon which is five and two red for a seven five flying dragon when null spine dragon comes into play you may discard your hand and draw cards equal to the damage dealt to target opponent this turn oh wow so yeah, so you can ping them for a ton with Goblin Bombardment. You can do whatever you want. You can have zero cards in your hand. And this just be the last draw. card you play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and not to mention Kikiji. You can copy him, of course, so you can just keep doing this. Um, so you, this is like a very reliable way to draw cards. And even if it's just one or two, just by pinging them, like you'll 
you'll be able to get the value off of this. And you're always refueling your yard with Krenko or Kiki or whatever. And you'll be, I mean, you could technically draw like 80 cards off this if you were able to You might mill yourself out if you did that. Yeah, exactly. I I think in red, card draw is so hard to get a hold of that like anything that's letting you draw cards, you just need to to really look at and be like, how can I use that? Because, and this is a really good one. Uh, It's not hard to see how this one would work. So you definitely have to have that in there because red with card draw is really hard to beat. Yep. All right, let's talk about some trap cards. Yeah, I see you've got legendary creatures. It's Just pretty obvious because Kiki can't cop, copy legendary creatures. Yeah, so. you only want to run two or three. Like Godo, Bandit, Warlord's one of the only other ones you want to run. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, you don't. You just don't want to have too many. Yeah, because if here. you put, if you drew all legendary creatures, Kiki's just worthless. Yeah, completely. Because what's he going to copy? Yeah, he can't it, copy the your opponent's stuff. So, and he would definitely be broken if he could copy legendary creatures. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that has a stipulation. He's broken enough as it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just also single use large scale effects, uh, because a people can see it coming. Like an insurrection is really hard to pull off in this deck sometimes. Because you're running mono red, that card is definitely in there. You have eight mana up. Someone's probably going to try and hold a counter against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like anything that's that tries to do too much in one swift stroke, you're going to want to be attacking from different angles. You want to like amass a force and then come at them in a way that they are unable to stop. So if Kiki's out in the battlefield, it's really hard to stop his activated ability. I also feel like instants and sorceries are just going to be weaker because kiki's not dealing with them yeah so any creature with an edge of the battlefield effect has the possibility to just do a lot more mm-hmm. than a sorcery because kiki if he's going to be your general like you need to be using him and he just doesn't if you play an insurrection yeah it can be awesome but it doesn't interact with your general in any way yeah. and he's so, not going to take advantage of that yeah you know, you i mean insurrection's still awesome you probably still have it in the deck yeah but you definitely have insurrection in the yeah. deck but you don't want a lot of stuff like that because you just don't exactly. want a lot of cards that are just like oh uh I just hope this works. It doesn't actually interact with anything else in yeah. my deck. You want to focus on getting mana ramp, getting uh, draws, and getting tutors out, and then uh, using all those to create a Kiki engine. Whatever that engine may be, it's going to be different every game, which is why I really like this deck so much. But it also has a lot of consistency as well. Yeah, because there's a lot of different pieces that combined with Kiki are just powerful. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about ways that like when you're playing this deck, people, what do they do to fight you? Counter. Yeah, red's red's <laughs> bane of existence since the very beginning is counter spells. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 you're making so many plays where it's like, okay, if this just lands, I win. Yeah, yeah. So counter spell is really important against every deck, and definitely decks with infinite combos. Yeah, definitely infinite combo decks, uh, and different kinds of counters too. Like stifle can be really can stop mm-hmm. just the whole thing from going off in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, also, consistent spot removal. So being able to just get rid of Kiki, it's kind of like a counter, but it's like if you can only allow him to activate once, great. A one for one for Kiki Jiki is that's only totally going to work fine. for so long though. I feel like it is. once the game gets a little bit later, all of a sudden, you know, if Zealous Conscripts is out, and oh yeah, like unless you have a counter spell, it doesn't matter if you can spot removal one of them because mm-hmm. you can do all the stuff in response. Yeah. But split second stuff would work well. Split second stuff is really good, and on that same sort of note, artifact destruction as well. Oh yeah, um, this deck relies really heavily on artifacts. Yeah, and and it's able to recover a lot of those. But if you get rid of a lot of their key pieces and they just don't draw into what they need, then you've really put a hamper on the deck. Because I'd say this deck is like thirty percent powered by artifacts, if uh-huh. not more. You know, it really relies on the mana rocks and all the utility little uh, artifacts in there to get them get the deck what it needs i think also like um like crawl space 
right. like that kind of effect. The effect moat moat super expensive. So yeah. I'm I'm only mentioning it because it's that type of effect. Yeah. It's the effect that says creatures can't None. attack unless blah blah blah, or only this many creatures can attack. Silent arbiter, only yeah. one creature can attack. Oh block yeah, each that turn. hoses that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you can't win. It's just instead of uh twelve cards in, in your deck, you need one of two cards in your deck. You yeah. Know? You need goblin bombardment or you need altar of dementia. Like that's very specific. Whereas if it's just gonna be attack with a million creatures, there's mm-hmm. a lot of cards in the deck that do that. Yeah. And there's also a uh, Torpor Orb. <laughs> oh <laughs> kind of the bane of this or Hushwing Griff is this the... This is my torpor orb sound. Uh, uh, yep, that's the bane of existence for this deck. Hushwing Griff, yeah. Um, it still can go off, right? Kiki Jiki can still make copies in response to stuff. It's hard to go infinite, though, that's without very the hard, battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost impossible to go yeah. infinite without that. Um, so, yeah. That, I think that's, the Thornbite staff would still work. Yeah, Thornbite staff would still allow Kiki Jiki to untap. You just won't get the abilities of creatures coming yeah. into play. Um, so it's very important. Uh, I also wrote play blue question mark on here. Uh, just like we said earlier, counter spells <laughs> are very important against this deck. And also Voltron can can have a big effect against this deck. Unblockable Voltron, just get in 21 commander damage before Kiki can go infinite. Or just force me to block with stuff that, you know, like I have, I will die or whatever. Well, the deck feels like it doesn't have a ton of direct interaction with the opponent, right? Because yeah. red has mostly damage-based interaction, which mm-hmm. isn't great in EDH. Like, Lightning Bolt is one of the most powerful spells ever printed in the history of Magic. But in EDH, I mean, it didn't even make either of our top ten lists because yeah. three damage is just not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, Doomblade is still good in EDH because it still kills a creature. But yeah. Lightning Bolt just gets way weaker in a format where everybody starts with twice as much life and they're just playing bigger stuff. So just yeah. too often Lightning Bolt won't kill something. And that's indicative of how red works in EDH. That's so really good point. that's why Voltron is strong against it because Voltron's just trying to do what it's trying to do, which is yeah. create one big creature and then kill you with it. And really, if you don't have a way to slow them down, you're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and this deck doesn't actually interact very well. Chaos yeah. Warp. Chaos one of warp, your only ways. But at that point, the person that is Voltroning out is going to have uh, Lightning Greaves on them. Or, or, yeah, or I mean, you'd, have, boots, to, you'd have to Chaos Warp it right when it comes out. Yeah, exactly. But that's one of your few ways to really interact yeah. in that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you're just not running like a whole bunch of like spot removal type yeah. stuff. And you don't have a ton of board wipes, which is normally how we remove stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just because Red's not that great at it. You also don't want to dilute, sort of dilute your deck. Right. With more stuff that doesn't allow you to get where you need to go. You're focused on your own goal here, and, and other players can do what they want. Um, you know, maybe you'll be able to insurrect them or whatever, or steal some of their stuff, but ultimately, if you're not able to go off, then your deck's dead in the water. Right. Um, so, how to avoid their counters, and sort of this goes into the piloting of the deck as well, is you need to understand your opponent's deck if you're going to really pilot this correctly, because you're going to know when they have counterspell magic up or mana up, or you're going to know that they have this kind of spot removal or this that's going on in their deck, and, and playing around it's really important. Oh, a good way to play against counters is to cast your commander. Yeah. You know, it's because it doesn't cost you a, ca- a card from your hand. So what you do is, like, you play your commander out, they counter it, you're fine with it. You took a counter out of their hand and didn't cost you a card. Sure, your commander costs a little bit more Yeah. the next time you play it. In a deck like this, though, it's just that Sol Ring has to get tapped now for that or whatever. And it know? didn't take a card out of your hand. That's a big That's thing a big because one, yeah. Red just has a hard time drawing cards. You're going to be behind in the card advantage war if you're not careful. And that's just a way of, like, they can't have counters forever. Well, you know. Sometimes, Some decks can. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're going off and they're drawing 50 cards and they're holding them in your hand. And then, you know, you've got to build your deck a little bit differently to combat that. But well, you're in, probably not going to win at that point anyway, right? Yeah. In general, like, it's a good way to sort of 
get a counter of their hand is just play your commander because you don't yeah. want to actually use a card on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the way to really pilot this deck is, you know, try and cast Kiki when there aren't counter counter spells up. If you do have to, fine. Just keep developing your board state as a result. You know, you'll have mana rocks out, you have your extra planar lens. Um really just be able to remove any threat on their board when you see it. So getting a duplicate out um being any of the number of the creatures in this deck that do x amount of damage when they come out into play like flame some cabu just does four damage or something and usually mm -hmm. that's enough to slash someone to death you know FTK, so okay baby FTK. yeah so just like really getting that stuff out really controlling you want to play control is kind of strange but you want to be able to establish your board presence without them disrupting it and once you're able to do that then just have fun taking a five minute turn <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the great thing about this deck is it can be very fast yeah exactly so, so yeah it's it's good one-on-one -on -one and it's still strong multiplayer mm -hmm. yeah. you're gonna get a lot of hate for it um which is why this deck is easily transformed into any of these three amazing commander decks which is noran the wary or Cranko mob boss mm -hmm. so you know if you're getting too much hate then just make a couple alterations and you've got a new commander deck that still has kiki jiki in there yeah, and there's so many ways to go find Kiki that the yeah. deck basically can still work the same, but yeah. it just doesn't look quite the same. Yep. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, so it's a really fun deck. I, uh, it's my second commander deck it's I've ever made. It's fun for you. It's fun for me. Um, it's nah, hard it's, to. It's a cool deck. It's a very good deck. Yeah, it's hard to beat. And if you're looking to make kind of like the Gaddic Teague deck, a deck that is not, it's still controlling, but it's not completely restrictive and allows you to go off and a lot of fun interactions. This isn't happening. as mean as Gaddic Teague, no, not at all. No, like yeah. It doesn't stop other people from doing what they're going to do. It's just like they're going to have to do what they're going to do pretty fast, otherwise yeah. this will kill them. Yeah. yeah, and this is definitely a uh, a mana-hungry deck and a, a, a competitive one-on-one -on -one deck. So, Cool. Cool. That's it. That's it for this week's this episode. Was, uh, yeah, geez, this was all red all the time. All red all the this time. Is the Jim, this is Jimmy's dream episode. Yeah. I wish this moment would never end. Yeah. I mean, it's all downhill from here, pal. <laughs> I'm sorry. But we're probably never going to have no. another episode that's like quite a, all that's the way up your alley. You know, like that's this. really true. I don't yeah. think, unless, until the mono red commander decks come out. That's true. That's true. Oh, you're right. We're going to have at least one more episode where we talk. But yeah. I'll make sure that the main topic in that episode has <laughs> at least one other color mentioned at some point in it. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so the reason yeah, the reason that we're, we're trying to do these sort of top 10 lists is that these decks are coming out, uh, and they're going to be awesome. Man, I can't wait for them. Yeah, we'll probably try. I don't I don't know if we'll be able to, but we'll probably try and hit each color yeah. uh, at some point before they come out. It's so people can start preparing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because we're going to get these monocolored decks for every color, and it'll be good to know what the staples of each color are by the time those yeah. come out, and everybody will be ready. And, you know, there's Planeswalkers as commanders. It's going to change, yeah. you know, a lot of what we're saying, but, you know, I'm pretty sure Wheel of Fortune is still going to be really good. Fork's oh, going to yeah. still be really powerful. Yeah, yeah. You're still going to want Chaos Warp, like Definitely. that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And I can't wait to do, like, a set review kind of of the commander decks and helping you guys figure out what cards you should keep. Uh, for certain situations and which cards might not make the cut if you're transforming it into whatever you're going to make. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to discuss. So. Yeah, very, very exciting. Cool. Yeah. Don't forget, you want to win some prizes? You oh, want to win some booster packs? Three people have already. You That's could right. be the next lucky person. You could be the next three lucky people. Yeah. Remember, make your list of your top 10 red cards. Put them in the comment section on Rocket Jump on this podcast episode's page, mm -hmm. and uh, we will choose three people at random. And... You're going to get some free stuff. Yeah. Win awesome prizes. Win only on the command zone. Because you are my number one <laughs> guy or girl. I think we're up to the number four time. <laughs> We've said that quote now. 
the first rule of comedy, man. Repetition is repetition. Funny. Yeah. By the time it hits eight, it like sort of six and seven, it stops being funny, and eight, it, and it just becomes hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna quite make it to eight. No, I don't think so. We're at the end of the episode. The music is probably coming in at this I'll point. I'll try to. Cause you uh, are my number one. Uh, <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs> See ya. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.